And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Slow Your Roll. I'm Dominic Lorenzano here with the writer for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield, and a guest back in today, Dan Lorenzano as well. Good to have you back, Dan. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Got a lot of things to cover today. You know, the NFL season might be over. We're in that little lull period where there's not as many of the big sports going on, but still plenty of things to cover. Me and Dan, we have some disagreements on the Bengals moving forward. I've definitely been a bit of a hater, but it is what it is. I think I'm right. I don't think I'm just hating the hate. Brian Flores got a job in Pittsburgh. A lot of people are, you know, crying outrage because all he is is a defensive assistant and linebacker coach. We'll talk about that. Some Bruins talk. Steelers next quarterback, the Pats, looking for an offensive coordinator. I'm not thrilled with most of the names that are getting thrown out there right now. We'll see. We'll talk about that. And the MLB lockout things just, they're not really getting much better. And then my friend from, uh, well, he used to be the contact from New Orleans, but now has moved out to Los Angeles, is stopping in for an interview as well to go over the Lakers, his uh, Sixers, the trade, and the city after the Rams Super Bowl. You'll get a, you'll get a laugh out of uh, what he said about how pumped everyone was in Los Angeles about the Rams Super Bowl. It's, <laughs> I saw pictures from the parade, so. <laughs> it was it was pretty hilarious. Tommy Report is back. Tom just keeps making news, so we keep so having... So technically it's not back, and just, it just hasn't left yet. Well, yeah, I know, the Tommy Report. We keep, every last, what, two or three weeks, we keep saying this might be the last one, and it never is. Yeah. And our Darwin Award as ever. I think anyone who's fallen sports this week will probably know who uh, who's getting the <laughs> Darwin. But, but, you know... We'll, we'll save that to the end. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you for the opening segment on some off-the-field sort of stuff that has now been going on in sports. Yeah. Um, you know, this has come out actually a lot recently for the NHL with this problem. A couple years ago, it really reared its ugly head in the MLB. Um, and it's kind of not talked about at all in the NFL, but I'm sure it, it probably is a bit of a problem. Um, and in the NBA, you know, I'm sure they dabble, but like it's drugs, drug problems, and you know, like I said, really, really reared its ugly head with when Tyler Skaggs uh, OD'd in his hotel room when he was with the Angels in was it 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what recently why why I wanted to talk about this is because uh, Matt Harvey, uh, the pitcher uh, for the Mets, and uh, did play for the Angels for a little bit. Um, he took the stand and he talked about how kind of how it is in the MLB with uh, this drug step situation. They'll get it from trainers. They'll get it from each other. Um, you know, they talk about uh, just giving Percocets and Oxy to each other and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a lot of cocaine also going around. And this has only really been talked about recently because of uh, in the NHL, how much uh, is actually apparently cocaine is everywhere in the NHL. That does not shock me at all, actually, knowing hockey players <laughs> and how well, and how fast that game is and how fast it's gotten. Um, but a lot of this comes about because of, like you know, how they're how much pressure is put on them, how much is they have to deal with pain day in and day out, and they have to kind of a lot to deal with this off field. And this is why I also bring in the NFL, although it's not really brought up in the NFL. But like a lot of with painkillers and stuff like that. And it can be anything like the Oxy and the Percocets and stuff. Um, And I'm curious what sports are going to do about it. Because actually I looked up what the NHL, uh, because like, you know, they they don't have very rigorous uh, testing for drugs. And actually they don't test for marijuana, cocaine at all 
They don't care. Um, they don't want to know. They just want to know if you're cheating to get better. That's all they want to know. Um, and, you know, actually it recently came out, like, Carey Price. Like, he hasn't played this year at all. Um, he, it's because he had a cocaine problem. Oh. And that's, it, it was suspect for why, like, why it was, it was off field. Uh, it was, he said it was mental problems. And then he came out and was like, yeah, he's like, I got a really bad cocaine problem. And more and more players are coming out. It was like, no, like when I was in the locker room, like we did doing cocaine in the locker room and stuff like that. There's a lot of players rumored, um, like, you know, even big names like Claude Giroux. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was a name. Uh, and like one of the reasons I bring this up in like the culture in sports and stuff, Nathan McKinnon was is one of the biggest names in the NHL. And it came out that he's like, I mean, he's the captain or one of the leaders and captains of that team. Because uh, Landis Scott is the actual captain captain. But um, uh, it came out that he's like a hard ass on everyone. Like, I you need to be fit. You need to go hard and practice and all this stuff. And he was made fun of. And like people were like saying like, oh, he's like Tom Brady. Like, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. And no, it started because he had a drug problem. And now he doesn't want his teammates to have the same problem. Mm. Um, and he got made fun of for that. Um, because it's just such a big thing. And even after... This Tyler uh, Skaggs things came out, um, and the trainer Eric K was even uh, convicted. Mm-hmm. Um, when was he convicted though? Like a year at this point ago. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, how long has it been since when he was like convicted? Because like you know, this Matt Harvey stuff only happened a couple weeks ago. Well, I mean, I think it happened shortly after the Skaggs died. I think it was pretty quickly. I mean, it usually takes time. No, okay, but I'm saying that's when he got charged and oh, okay. kicked yeah. out. He think- just got he just got criminally punished last week yeah oh, okay like, oh, that so, was so the so verdict okay. yeah okay. yeah that was the final verdict okay yeah um and actually matt harvey even came out and said like the only, he was gonna invoke the fifth and mm-hmm. he only took the stand because he had immunity mm-hmm. um this is so much how why it's not so that shows how much it's just not talked about and how much these players are in the loop with each other and dealing giving to each other and how much they're in with each other and how widespread it is amongst the players Hmm. Um, it's its own culture in many different sports and i don't know i'm I'm curious how this is where this is going to go because the pressure is only mounting for players to be better um to be the best so is part of this pressure the reason they're doing this these drugs because i mean this is i guess a new thing I don't know. Um, I think I'm probably not as new as you think. The cocaine stuff is definitely not new. I mean, cocaine oh. is cocaine is a party drug. It's not even just no, for I'm the sure, dealing I'm part. sure in the I'm, 70s they were. Yeah, the 80s. It's making a comeback <clears throat> from the 80s, I think. I mean, you watch the Michael Jordan thing. I mean, they were all doing coke oh, in, the, no. uh, in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, think, I don't think coke is new at all. Maybe the pain stuff is a little bit. And I'll tell you one of the big things. So here's the two things I'd look for moving forward. Is the Angels organization at some point going to get, get held accountable for this and not just Eric Kay? That's the first thing. Probably not. Doesn't we'll, look like we'll it. We'll see. Either. We'll see what happens moving forward. And the second one would probably be that they have to make marijuana okay in sports leagues because that is a pain management no, thing. They should. And MLB did. I believe the NFL did. At least they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the NHL doesn't test for it. So. Yeah. 
I don't that know doesn't what mean, it is in the NBA. Just because they don't test for it, is it is it acceptable though? I they, think I, I think the NBA they've been fighting the players have been fighting to get marijuana actually not legalized but not tested for because of they did mention painkillers and the problems they were having. Yeah, I think in the NFL though, I think it's more of an unspoken thing where. You know, okay, yeah, you're on pain pills, you're on pills. Everyone's on pain pills. It's not a problem. It's just if you're not on pain pills, that means you're not doing something right. Mm-hmm. And how many times in the NFL have we seen the player go, oh, my God, that looks devastating. How, and it comes jogging back out after halftime and the no, magic I know. juice. That oh, yeah. no, they, I've seen players talk about Here's that. Here's why it might not be as big a deal, though, for the NFL as it is maybe for baseball. Because they're getting painkillers at a time when they have a high amount of pain. And they're asked to then go back onto the field and play. Some of the addiction and like, you know, some of the problems come when it's, you know, a chronic pain thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like pitching is a huge one because even when you're not pitching, they expect you to always be keeping your shoulder strong. That means you're pitching sessions every week or every couple of weeks or multiple times in a week. I think that's why maybe so far it seemed like it might be a bigger issue in baseball than maybe in football. Because as you said, I think a lot of time in football, it's as needed in that time period of like the game to get you back out there. Whereas in baseball, it's a it's injury and arm injuries like that. They're just so long standing and they become so chronic. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And the pressure to at least not even come back right away, but the pressure to be always working towards coming back. I mean, well, the process from coming back from shoulder surgery and Tommy John is so long. It really is just so long. Uh, hold on, there's a little... Uh, well, because um, in this little deliberation here, that's all mm-hmm. kind of written out for me. Um, so, Harvey talked about how Skaggs would actually like, take these pills because he wanted to feel... The quote is, loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. He just, like, he wanted to be calm and cool on the mountain, so that's Sags is that's why I, that's Skaggs, why I bring in the mental yeah, aspect. Skaggs's issue seems a bit more mental, like pressure and stuff. Yeah, the like pressure that. to perform at mm-hmm. his high Anxiety, levels, all that stuff. Yeah, which can easily which is much more coming out more and more. We saw Calvin Ridley has to, had to stop playing. Uh, he took a break from uh, uh, what was it, the Atlanta Falcons this season because um, he said just the, the mental pressure was just getting him too, too too much. So more and more, we're seeing that. Mm. Um, so, so I think the big answer to this now is the way to deal with it is marijuana across the spectrum in, in the games needs to be okay to use. Um, one is the Angels organization and moving forward our organizations going to get in trouble, not just the people who are giving out the drugs. And then the third will be players being it being acceptable for players to step away from the game for mental health issues or more emphasis on therapists and mental health issues in general in the locker room and in the league and sports game itself. I don't know, I, mean, I agree with that all those things should and needs to happen, but like... I'm just saying those it, are the three things to watch going forward that the leagues are going to have to do to address the drug problem. Yes, but the MLB is so desperately trying to escape this Skaggs thing. Yes, The, they the are. NHL is, like everything they seem to do, trying to push it under the rug... The NHL can't deal with anything. No, I know. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I think I think one other problem, though, that's going to come up is, and you may need help with the government from this, is, yes, you can punish organizations. Oh, they were given the Vicodin, they were given Percocets, all that stuff. But if you have an organization that says, no, we're not going to give this to you, <clears throat> the player could just go to any doctor, say, hey, I'm in pain, I need something. 
and the doctor pres- could prescribe it. We've seen that plenty of times with other doctors, whether it's steroids or something like that, mm-hmm. where they have no problem. Hey, look, it's a famous athlete. He's giving me some extra money for this. I'm going to give him this prescription. So that's another issue that could present itself too with this, as well as you can punish organizations, you can punish trainers and doctors, but until you get the source outside as well, where players have gone before to get stuff like that, it's going to keep coming up no matter what. Mm. Yeah, probably, probably. Anyway, though, I think uh, are we ready? Are we ready to move on here to rapid fire news? You think? Yeah, something yeah. a little more happy. Yes. <laughs> so in rapid fire news, guys, since we did the last show, Bruins two and two in their last. Uh, Four games since since the last show, losing two to the Rangers, uh, two to one, and the Islanders four to one. They also took down the Senators three to two, and the Avalanche five to one. That's so, great yesterday. Yes, that was. Yes. <laughs> so the uh, Brian Flores finally got a job. He was hired as a defensive assistant and linebackers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you know, quite a few steps down from a head coaching job, but we'll discuss that in the show as well. Uh, the league and the MLB uh, MLBPA remain as it seems very far apart from coming to a deal. Um, there's already talks about, you know, some of the spring training games have been canceled and pushed back, all that kind of stuff. If you look at like if you look up MLB schedule right now, they already have spring training games listed in red. Canceled, 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 canceled. So not good there. So far, after the last one, there has been absolutely no movement on the luxury tax penalty issue, and there has been no change in the year's um for arbitration the players are wanting to get arbitration earlier and in the last agreement that was given to them by the league there was no change on those two fronts um Jawan Howard the coach for Michigan has got himself suspended for the rest of the regular season after punching hitting I don't know it was a weird throw of a punch uh, Wisconsin assistant coach. He almost caressed his face. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Jawan Howard is in trouble. <laughs> we'll see what else happens moving forward in that story. It's not the first time he's gotten in a fight with a coach also. <laughs> Kyler Murray drama, by the way, continues. He's still scrubbing everything. There hasn't been a lot of movement or talk either way. And there's been talk of the Denver Broncos. You know, some rumors out there that Denver is trying to make some offers for Kyler. So that's something to keep an eye on. Denver, I've heard, obviously, I've heard Denver's name in almost any QB. Yeah, I know. They've, they've been in on everybody. Yeah, well, they need one. True. And, yeah, pretty much. And the Beverly Panthers in some local news finally did take their first loss of the year in the St. Mary's Catholic Tournament um, as they lost to Malden Catholic 79-54. They at least salvaged in the consolation game, taking down Lynn English. Um, the second time playing English in a week where they took down English at Lynn English by a much higher score. I believe it was like 86 to 59. Don't quote me on that. But Beverly about to wrap up the regular season Thursday against Catholic Memorial before going on to the state tournament. They still rank number four in the state at the moment. And that has been it for Rapid Fire News. Jesse. Yeah, can you I fix will, that for me? Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it for you, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. This is probably going to be the longest segment of this show today, other than probably... So? uh Yeah, because you you don't agree with me, and I know Dan doesn't agree with me. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, we talked about it a little last week. We did. So, so the Bengals moving forward, I'm not a believer, but Jesse, I'm going to get you started on this. The Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, you know, since day one, I was a believer that this team is going to the Super Bowl, if you remember. I said they were going to beat Pittsburgh and go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, but I mean, obviously not jokes aside, Uh, but this team took a massive step forward. They are young. 
they are a good team for the most part, except their offensive line. Mm-hmm. But they are just a couple pieces away. And I said this last week, you know, you get a lineman or two, maybe a guard, whatever you're looking for on that line. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't actually particular what's on that line, but like also get rid of Apple, <laughs> get that cancer out of here, um, get remove that tumor. And then, you know, you sure up that defense. Uh, like, I really think you're just a couple pieces away here from just being one of the classes of the AFC because one, the AFC is wide open and I don't see that really going to changing much next year. Yes. We think Pittsburgh will retool and, you know, get, maybe get that quarterback and that's all they need right now. Uh, Baltimore will get healthy. Cleveland will get healthy and maybe figure it out. But, um, Dom, the video just stopped on me. Oh, did it? It, yes. Oh, all right. Whatever. All right. It got a little bit of it. I mean, do you want me to make another one? No, you're good. Ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Here, you can take that. Though. I'll take it. <laughs> but whatever. I'll keep going, though. Okay. So, because, like, Joe Burrow has that it factor that Tom, Tom Brady kind of had. People want to play with him. Hmm. So, I don't think they'll really have a problem finding multiple linemen if, or multiple defensive players if they need. Because people, this team, this, this team is suddenly out of nowhere. I don't know the team to be with. It was... People were thinking KC, but KC's on the downtrodden. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 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 Cincy's time, bro. Mm. Cincinnati. It's a beautiful city, even though they say there's not much to do there, but it looks nice. <laughs> I mean, it looks better than Cleveland, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's yeah. You know, I think they're good. <laughs> All right, and I think they'll be good. All right, fine. All right, I'll go, and then Dan, you can go because me and you are going to go at it on this. I, okay. I'm sure of it. All right, so I'm not going to get a video because <laughs> my phone is being it's, annoying, it's but it's okay. Crash. It's okay. We have, the, we have the long video. All right, so if you go back to 2017, all right, the, the teams who lose the Super Bowl, it's about three and three since then about going back and not going back. So the Carolina did not make the playoffs after they lost to Denver in 2017. In 2020, the Rams did not make the playoffs after losing to the Pats in the Super Bowl. And San Francisco did not make the playoffs in 2021 after their loss to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So that means from that time, the people who made it back, the Pats, which are an anomaly when it comes to everything in football, let's be honest about that dynasty, okay? The Falcons, but if you remember, the Falcons barely made the playoffs that year, getting the last seed and clearly were not the same team that they had been before. And then the Chiefs, who, I mean, do we really believe that the Bengals are the Chiefs? Do we really believe that already? Not the current Chiefs, but that Chiefs, that three-year run. Two, three-year run. Not yet. Okay, so two of these teams are elite dynasty potential level teams that made it back. And then the Falcons, who stumbled in in the last seed. Okay? Across the spectrum in the NFL, it's different. The loser of the Super Bowl becomes the loser, period. Since he's not going to get a last place schedule again, they're not going to get to play Jacksonville and every bottom-dwelling team that they did this year. It's going to be a first place schedule instead. Why do you trust ownership? The ownership has always been cheap and never really all that good. So what makes you think they're going to do a lot to fix the roster? I don't know. Drafting-wise, yes, they hit on a couple, Hendricks and Jamar. But do we trust their drafting to be able to repair an old line? Because it's been bad for a while now and it still hasn't been repaired. 
And that seems one of the big things that dysfunctional bad teams never seem to be able to repair. Pittsburgh is going to get better. They're a quarterback away. They're one of the worst offenses in football and still made the playoffs because Big Ben was absolutely cooked and couldn't throw the ball more than five yards. And Baltimore is going to get healthy. And Cleveland, say what you want about Baker and Cleveland, who I don't love. But if Baker is healthy, he's better than he played last year. And there's a reason Burrow has still yet to beat the Browns in his career. That's because Cleveland is a terrible matchup for Cincinnati. So I do not think Cincinnati will be here next year. I'm not saying they're going to go five and, you know, 12. But it wouldn't shock me if they win seven games and miss the playoffs. So, Can I ask you a question before we get Dan's? So let's say they don't make the playoffs next year. They're like a 500 team. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, could you then still see them in a couple of years being still a good team for a while if they can? Yeah. Okay. I think I think there's plenty to be excited about, but I don't think – I think this team was largely lucky to be here. I think there was one of the, oh, one of the worst rosters actually in the playoffs, um, especially in the AFC. And, yeah, I'm just not sold they're going to fix it in one year and one draft. And you don't – the biggest thing to me is the division will get better. The division basically fell apart for them this year. And you're not going to get to play a last place schedule. You're going to play a first place schedule. So I just, I don't think they're going to be back here next year. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs even. So, Dan, I'm going to turn it over to you, though. All right. So the ownership is a huge question mark, no question asked. But we need to remember, it wasn't, the Bengals don't have this recent history of always being terrible. They've won a couple division titles within the past decade with Marvin Lewis. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they made the playoffs even not winning the division. They've had some sustained success in this division with with recent memory, other than the last couple of years they got on Burrow and Chase. And I believe when you look back at you mentioned some of those teams that made it back to the Super Bowl, what did they have in common? AFC East was terrible for how long? Mm-hmm. That allowed the Pats to get some easy wins, get some good seedings. The Chiefs the Chargers just can never get it together. The Raiders are just so dysfunctional. And the Broncos, other than a couple of years with Peyton Manning, haven't been that great either. So there's been a lot of luck within the division, which is what I want to talk about. So we mentioned you mentioned the Browns and Baker Mayfield and everything. This is Baker's last year on this contract. They're going to have to pay him after this year. Is he worth it? No. No. Okay. So, no. so there's a question mark at quarterback right there. We don't have enough with the Browns making the playoffs one year over the last how many decades it's been that they've been so bad to say, okay, they're a legitimate threat to keep going, get better. Their roster, yes, is to win now. Their quarterback is not. How they go forward with that is going to determine a lot. Mm. Now, the other two I know are legitimate concerns within the division but I'm going to tell you why they might not be so much anymore. Bear with me. So Pittsburgh, they need a quarterback. Roethlisberger retired. I know we're going to talk about Pittsburgh's quarterback in a little bit, so I'm not going to get too deep into that. But are they going to do free agency, drafts? Are they going to try to – how are they going to trade for someone? We'll see. Their O-line fell apart. It got old in a year. Yes, they need to rebuild it. Can they do it? Absolutely. However, the big question I have for Pittsburgh is their leadership. Nothing Tomlin's were bad, uh, but Kevin Colbert, who's been with the team since 2000, is either director of football operations, and then he was made general manager, whichever 
difference that is. Um, since 2000, in his resume, he drafted 24 Pro Bowlers, seven All Pros. He drafted two Defensive Players of the Year, one in TJ Watt. And James Harrison, I don't think was drafted. I think he was undrafted, but either way, I, I'm still counting it. He also traded a first-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick, who has gone on to be two-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro as well. Mm. He's leaving after this draft. Mm. Now, even if I know I think they said his assistant is going to be going up to general manager, even if they're able to sustain it, which is a huge if given those numbers, I, I just don't see how it's always going to be as good as it always been. They've always been able to find the second round Le'Veon Bells, the sixth round Antonio Browns, all these guys later rounds in the draft to do that. Are they still going to be able to do that with someone different at the helm? That is a big question. Mm. Baltimore, do you pay Lamar Jackson? I think Baltimore is actually quarterback situations worse than Cleveland because look at the last few years for Lamar. Since his MVP year in 2019, first of all, only one year has he been able to play 16, a full season. That was his rookie year. Since then, he's only played 15, 15, and then I believe 12 this past year. His completion percentage has been going down every year since his MVP. His touchdowns have been going down every year. His interceptions have been going up every year. His quarterback rating went from 113 as an MVP to last year was 87%. And his QBR went from 83 as MVP year to 67.3 to 50%. That is startling for mm. a quarterback. And the Ravens are stuck again with a similar situation of uh, Joe Flacco. If they don't keep Lamar Jackson, which they've built their entire team around, that is going to be a huge logistical nightmare for them. And especially if he goes on to do well, but if they sign him for big money and he's not able to play up to it, that could be devastating for the for the organization as well. Okay. Lamar... I have my reservations on, and I don't think you can ever get to a Super Bowl with him. He definitely has his limitations, but he's still so dangerous, and he's such a playmaker, and I suspect he'll still play at a high level for the next two or three years. I think Baltimore, one of Baltimore's biggest issues this year is the running back core fell apart. They fell apart. They had the most injuries, I think, of anyone in the league, and they're not great at wide receiver. They do have Andrews at tight end, but other than that, they're not great at wide receiver. To me, wide receiver, unless you're Bill Belichick in the Pats, is becoming one of the easiest fixes in the league because it seems like every year there's multiple really good wideouts in the draft. They just they're coming out every year like like it's nothing now. So I think Baltimore can fix that issue and that'll help Lamar in the passing game much more. They're gonna be able to pound the football again when they get some of these running backs back and take some of the running pressure and general pressure off Lamar as well. As for Pittsburgh, yes, Colbert is gone. Pittsburgh has a history, though, of getting things right. And that doesn't mean that the whole scouting department isn't still there. So I trust Pittsburgh to get it right because they are such a well-run organization. I just, he was, they are such a well-run organization, but he was at the top for so long yeah. making those decisions. And what two more quick things with Baltimore. <clears throat> um, same with uh, Colbert. Ozzie Newman retired a few years ago for the Baltimore Ravens. He has it even much more impressive. He drafted 25 Pro Bowlers, 9 All-Pros. Um, he's been gone since, I can't remember, Eric, I forget his last name. Since he's replaced him, he hasn't drafted anybody worthwhile. Mm. And not only that, the Baltimore Ravens have a new president, mm. Sashi Brown. I saw that. I don't know if you remember him, Jesse. I remember the name. I don't remember. He was he, the Browns. He, he was the Browns oh. general manager who decided to trade everything away for draft picks so he could draft like 
13, 15 players okay. a draft, and hopefully it's worked. He went to the Washington Wizards, where he had a wonderful record of 83 and 112. Yeah, that one was the weird one. That You want to talk about failing upwards. Right. So, again, this is a guy who's going to be leading this operation. Now, I'm sure John Harbaugh will have plenty of say still. That was the last thing I was about to get to. Zach, the other thing that why I just don't think I agree that since he's running the show now moving forward is Zach Taylor versus Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Again, yes, that could be that you could look back and say, okay, that maybe that is a giant mismatch. We don't know yet, but again, yeah, I mean, he's so young. He can, I mean, I don't hate. I, I, I don't expect him to be Zach, better now because of their experience. I but. don't hate Zach Taylor. It's just I think he has two elite coaches in his division. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a good way to learn. It is, but I think Pittsburgh really is just that quarterback away. I mean, you could say the same thing about Sean McVay. You can. He 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 went to a Super Bowl, lost. He's had Pete Carroll, who might be in the Hall of Fame when he retires. He has Sean was, McVay was hyped up before he made that Super Bowl, right? I, that, as I, an I get, offensive mind, like right. Zach Taylor doesn't get that. Have, have that? Yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying. And now you look at the Bengals; it's become such a passing league. They have by far, my opinion, the best quarterback in that division. And they already have their number one elite wide receiver. So all they ever need is a number two, a number three. They don't always have to trade and try to find someone for You know, I think, again, I'm going to look like such a hater. Because he is so good. But I think we're going a little crazy with Burrow. I mean, for like half the year, he really wasn't that great. He was coming off a blow knee. That's true. But I mean, he had multiple uh, games. I think he threw like three picks. He had some ugly showing. I'm just, I think everyone needs to like, Chill on Burrow a little bit too. I I, I would not nah. call him an elite quarterback yet in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not saying he's top five yet, but I'm saying. And how do we know he's just not going to? I mean, killed? he's definitely the best in that division. I, just, I know Pittsburgh has not one yet. Here's what it comes down to: I think Pittsburgh is actually a better roster, and they're a quarterback away. I don't even think the O line needs as much repairing as people think. It does need some guys put you know a couple of drafts here and there for it, but I don't think it's as bad as people think or need that much repairing. Um, and there are better coaches in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And Burrow has been sacked the most times, I think. What, did he get sacked the most times this year, I think, in the NFL? Yes. It's up there. Uh, he was on pace to do that the other year that he played. And I don't trust Cincy to be able to draft and develop offensive linemen. It seems to me that, other than quarterback, offensive line seems to be one of the telltale t- uh, signs that your franchise is dysfunctional and not very good. Because it's such a... It's a, such a teaching and development part of the game that consistently bad teams seem to never be able to repair their O-line no matter what. That's why I've been harping on Pete Carroll in Seattle for so long. It's been years and he can't figure that out. I mean, the Giants O-line has been abysmal for years now. Since he's been abysmal for years, Detroit's was abysmal. I mean, I, to me, it's one of the markers of a bad franchise. And so I don't trust them to be able to fix that. I mean, I do actually wanted to say a point of to which Pittsburgh losing their GM. I mean, their core is still young, mm. so I still I think they'll still be good for a while if they can get that quarterback that works. Mm-hmm. That I mean, again, you say a quarterback. Sometimes you have to be lucky to to yeah. kind of get to. And again, this draft is not great for quarterbacks. Um, yeah, but someone's going to overreach, grab someone who's not that worth it. And Pittsburgh picks at like twenty, I think. So they all the yeah, but any good quarterback. Might I be think gone. if they go into the free agent market or trade, like they're 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 the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like people will 
want to play for them. Mm-hmm. Right. No, if I'm Aaron Rodgers thing, I want to go to Pittsburgh. That's where I want to go. Yeah. I have receivers. I have everything. Fix the offensive line. I'll be there in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But you had a very good defense. Right. So I'm not saying Pittsburgh. They're gonna. I'm not saying Pittsburgh and Baltimore are gonna fall apart at the seams. But we talked about with Baltimore and all their injuries. We yes, it was it was devastating, and it was most teams can't overcome that. But you did see significant lack of some depth there mm-hmm. to overcome some of those injuries. You know, it's gonna be funny because I think I said before the year that this is the year that Lamar needs to prove that he's worth the bag. So it's actually something that we're going to have to talk. We have another time on this show, but we're going to talk about I mean, that. I like what I saw from Lamar last year. There was times where he was. Just, I don't. I you mean, did? No, like I. There was, I liked him. I liked him for the first six weeks, and then it got. Uh, no, it got really bad. Then, at the then end. when when he the lost players around him, he was just throwing it up there, and it was. Ugh. But like I, there was some. I saw in, improvement on his skills. I felt, mm. but like he, yes, when it when it fell apart, he 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 didn't know what to do. Yeah. So I, I think that's an interesting topic. And, 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 you know, Baltimore could get severely handicapped. That is true if they end up paying Lamar and he's not worth it. I just, the biggest thing to me is I don't think Cincy will be able to really repair the O-line the way they need to. And I think Pittsburgh is, will be back in business very, very soon. All right. I think we can move on, right? So, Brian, talking about Pittsburgh, there's a lot of Pittsburgh today. It really is, actually. It's like a Steelers show. Brian Flores just got a job as a defensive assistant and linebackers coach. And this probably won't be a long thing, but so many people are getting mad, proving that, you know, the NFL has a problem. How is he not getting a head coaching job? Listen, I agree with Flores on a lot of what he's doing. I do think the NFL has a problem. However, once he did this, when you really think about it, he is no longer a legitimate candidate for a head coaching job. Why? The NFL has become so hard, so tough. The elite of the elite is so much money involved. You can't hire someone who has an off-the-field distraction as big as Brian Flores is going to be. He walks into the locker room, and it's not all about football anymore. And as much as he says he's all about football, and he will try to be all about football, some of his attention is going to get taken away off the field by the lawsuit and everything going on there. So I don't think that you can hire him as a head coach right now because if you're not 100% only about football, as little distractions as possible, then you're not as good as you could be. I mean, that's what the Pats did for years. No distractions, no distractions, no distractions. And that's why, as much as Steelers are a good organization, that's why Pittsburgh sometimes seem to fall short of New England because they would allow a lot of distractions. Now you're going to have your head coach being distracted by off-the-field stuff can't he can't do it as an owner i just can't do it so i don't think him not getting a head coaching job now is proving the point even though i agree with flores for what he is doing yeah no i mean i agree with pretty much all that um you know i i'm actually a little surprised he even got a job this off season Mm. to be honest with you but uh i i understand if you you know he wanted the head coaching job and i understand why you wouldn't be happy with that but I think he kind of should be happy with this because mm. he's still got a place in the NFL still. A very he, good place, too. Yeah. Uh, so he can still show he's high profile. Yeah. yeah. He'll he'll still uh, have a job in the NFL for a while. And when this ends and some time goes by and people are willing to uh, bring him in again, mm. he'll, he'll, he'll get that job again. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, this I agree with pretty much all you said. Okay. Dan, do you have much to add to that? Um, not too much. I mean, I feel like Brian Flores, 
I don't want to say had to take this job, but if it came out that he was offered a job and didn't take it, it could have come spun as mm-hmm. he's being needy and picky, and now he's it's back on him. And um, you know, for the Steelers, obviously they have Mike Tomlin, who's been there forever. Who, you know, I I almost wonder sometimes they talk about distractions. I wonder sometimes if it's better if you at the beginning of a distraction say something like this: "We're coming in. We can talk about this all in one press conference." We'll have Brian Flores sit there if he wants to. We'll have Tomlin. We can have the Roonies, whoever the GM is at the time. We will openly talk about this, get it out now, mm-hmm. make it a non-story for the rest of the year. Steelers, Tomlin doesn't have a history of that so much. No. But I feel like that would be a smart play for them right now. But again, it's again he's not going to be a coordinator, which means he might not be interviewed by the media like in other, in other teams and stuff. Like We know Belichick usually didn't even allow coordinators to talk. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great place and. You know, if you're the Steelers, you just picked up a, a great guy who will significantly probably help that defense that didn't even need much help anyways no. to begin with. No, not not at all. That's the other thing. I do think this is a really, really nice move for Pittsburgh. And I'm, I'm frustrated the Pats didn't do this. Mm. But we'll uh, get into the Pats coaching later, too. But, I, I mean, I understand with the no distractions type of thing. Um, I think the, after the Belichick text, by the way, uh, Flores wasn't going to be able to come back here. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I don't. Gonna, I don't know how that relationship is right now. Maybe but I don't think it's good. I'm going to have a conspiracy. Flores apologized for putting the text out there. Yeah, he, like he not like for doing it, but he apologized as in like it wasn't pointed at Bill and stuff like that. It, this, oh, he I wasn't trying to make did, it about Bill. At yeah, all. I think he just said this like yesterday. I actually just saw it. So okay. If anything, Bill's kind of the unspoken hero if you think about it. If he doesn't <laughs> send that text. Who knows what change could yeah. come from this? Yeah, maybe maybe Bill knew what he was he doing. He was a conspiracy theory. That's what the it was. NFL. Maybe well, he's like, okay, get this. You know, it can become a big thing. Maybe maybe he'll sue Miami too in my division. And I, right. I'm just saying, That's a little too much. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think I need a tinfoil hat right now. I think yeah. I'm onto something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you said like this is good for Pittsburgh. This is great for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and this is kind of like where you got to start as a linebacker coach with. The Patriots, so he I mean, he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. very much with defenses and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, I guess say what you will about the the idea of it, but like Pittsburgh's always been, I guess, seemingly the most progressive team in the NFL. Mm. So I guess I'm not really surprised it was the Steelers. Mm. Yeah. All right. From that, Jesse, take it back over here, and you and Dan can get into some hockey talk. And I'm going to take a back seat oh, for Dan. a sec. All right, Dom, you don't want to try. I mean, hey, I put him in rapid fire news. You did. Wow. Did you see that game yesterday, Dom? No. That might have been the best game of the year. That's what Pasternak said. And I, really? I, 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 the Avalanche good though. Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. No, actually, <laughs> there were reasons I realized yesterday why actually the Bruins have a decent matchup against them because they're not a good faceoff team and the Bruins are a great faceoff team. Mm-hmm. So you're starting. You have the puck first almost every time, which is big. And and you look at it, and you have a West Coast team or close to west coast team coming to the east coast playing yeah. at 12 o'clock that yeah you look at the history of sports that's never a good but recipe. when the bruins i know they lost that game but when they did go to colorado i felt like two out of the three periods were the bruins were the better team right it just kind of fell apart uh towards the end um and i know they lost nathan mckinnon that game but still i mean that game the, the game yesterday made me feel good things about this bruins team hmm. say we will they're not a cup contender yet at all, but I'm not concerned about the goalie situation actually anymore. Uh, the, yeah, 
Swayman and Olmark have proved it to me like, all right, they're they're definitely a good one-two punch. Still young and still have their problems, but they're they're going to be good. It's mostly the defense and depth. And actually, I liked what I saw from the depth yesterday. Um, no, it, it's it's gotten better. Um, you know, I think the, the breaking up the lines again it has helped the scoring a lot. But I do want to point out since the last time I we talked about this, really, the Bruins were what in the 20s when it came to the special teams do you know they're seventh now in power play uh playing the avalanche probably helps because they actually are one of the worst right PK. But, but their pk units number 11 now they've gone up tremendously in special teams over this past uh, month or so and you know you look at it they're they're only the eighth place team in the conference um, but they have a chance to kind of jump a couple teams. I think the Capitals are right in front of them, and they have two games at hand on them as well, so they have a chance to maybe leapfrog, get a better potential matchup in the first round. Um, but I want to go back to the goalie situation. Swayman's numbers this year are remarkable. He has a 2.14 say, uh, goals against average, and his save percentage is 92.5. Both are fifth in the league. And this guy was in Providence because of Rask, which frustrates the hell out of me, this whole goalie situation. And you talk about Allmark. Uh, I got a quick comparison for you. So Allmark is 2.79 goals against, and his save percentage is 9.09. This other goalie, which I don't know if you can read on my paper, he has a 2.58 goals against and a 9.11 uh, save percentage. Do you know who that other goalie is? Is it Vladar? It is. So, like, Vladar's only played 11 games. I get it. But I just, it, it goes back to me of how much they've butchered this goalie situation. Sure. And actually, I was okay with going in, especially when the idea of, oh, Rast will come back later in the season when he recovers. I was so down with the Vladar Swayman duo. Right. If, until, if, that, until that came about. Right. It's just, and it, you know, Olmark is making five million for the next four years. Could have easily gotten another defenseman, maybe even another defensive pair, short up that defensive unit, and you could have been a lot more serious here. I think in a potential because you can't get okay. you can't get that's, out of this. That's Olmark. true. No, yeah, because it's four, four years. years for five million for a goalie who's in the bottoms of the league and, and all the major categories. Yeah, I really didn't like all market first. And here's the thing. I've come around a little bit with him these past couple weeks. I think both goalies have improved as the season has gone on. But it's still just like, oh, you're, no, you're right, all that money, and it could have been spelled, spent on a defenseman or, heck, another forward uh, to for some a little of that like defensive depth. Because like right now it's... Like, you could have not maybe bought Felino and spent it on someone better than right. Felino. Like, they looked at some of the names that were available, and you kind of like, oh, that was... that We could have had him. We could have had, you know, someone else. And it's just... It's, it is a little frustrating, and this is a, a potential mistake that could cost the Bruins. We'll see down the line. As for Chains this year, I mean, you found your goalie for the future, clearly. Um... But we'll see what they do. Bergeron's, again, a free agent this year. I'm personally kind of sick of Martian. I'm sorry. <laughs> that game that game where your captain goes down in Bergeron. Blasphemy. With a concussion. <laughs> and you do that. 
I no, it's listen. It's not great. It looks it's off. Looks awful. You you punch the opposing goalie in the head, and I know like he was getting under his skin. Blah blah blah. But you you're you, not supposed to go after the goalie. You're the de facto captain at that point. Like yes. you got to. You're you are also you're one of the best goal scorers on the team. You need to be on the ice. Right. So and then he starts crying like, oh, he said, I'm one of the best players. Why don't I get calls? Because you're punching guys in the head. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you had a pass, so they're always right. that's always going to be brought up. And right. you, so it's, it's gotten better, but like at the same time, this year he's gone back with it though. What was he had some penalty he got suspended for? Did he have a slew foot this year? Yes, that's what it was. And it was just like he's just he had like two good years, and now he expects everything to be okay. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's still. I feel like he still had a couple of hearings, like over those two years for just <laughs> behavior, and he always would toe the line. Like, remember, he had that licking thing, or he was. Uh, you say he always, like he, had, he, the NHL is always just looking at him, right? Which um, he has to realize that you're never going to get any, you know, benefit. Sympathy. Um. So, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, like you can't be doing that. Like, you got six games, bro. Like, we would like. How how much would that that two and two record this week look different if Marshawn was here? I'm sure it would at least look a little different. Um, and yeah, you just had the best game of the season without him, so I don't I don't know. Like, I guess you have to wonder like if you're gonna keep misbehaving. I guess maybe you might have to wonder where, I mean, where is gonna... your place on this team. Which I know that is blasphemous to say. Right, you wonder like you can't because really, you if, can't really trade him because he's too good. I get yes. that, but and if Bergeron chooses to hang it up this year, because like he's hinted at that's a possibility, right. he's said like I'm thinking about this year and next year I'll make a decision. Right. So he cannot wear that C. Marshawn. Well, that's the thing. C. Who else could wear the C right now? I don't know. I mean, again, I I I, I have no idea who. Pasternak. No. I mean, he, he they'll give him an A sometimes, but like, and he's not a leader. That's what I mean. Like I, Carlo also will wear the A sometimes. He's not a the leader no so it's really hard to find like you can't get rid of him because he's too good but at the same time if Krejci was still here I'd say oh you slapped that on Krejci without a a second thought right so that's another person Krejci that's already talked about possibly coming back has he is he still locked in China right now he tested positive for like well I mean like like, that five week thing I think he's he's like a prisoner in China right now uh I know like the Czech season's over um and he's been talked about. I don't think he's even allowed to come back this year. No, he's allowed. He has to clear like waivers first or something. Oh, it's a procedure. He has oh, to he's clear not. Waivers. He's not clearing waivers. But um, no, but he, would jump on that. You can jump on him, and then you know he could just also say, "Oh, I'm not coming to play there. I want to play for whoever." Maybe it's not the Bruins. We don't know. But maybe he could say, "I really want to go back to Boston." I'm the, if you claim me, I'm not going to show up. Oh, he, maybe the Bruins he said the, the only team. place I'll play is right, so Boston maybe or I'm going home. Bruins can be like, hey, we'll give you a second-round pick for Krejci because you don't have anything to else to gain. So, I mean, that's a possibility of someone coming back. But, no, Marshawn has just really gotten under my skin. And it's the best ability is availability. And if you're not there because you're getting suspended constantly, he's lost a million dollars in fines. Do you know that? I mean, uh, I hope it was worth it, bro. Right. Like, My man is a well, G. He, he what? Broke, he, this last suspension broke the record for he has the most suspensions ever. No, he one, has, no wonder people don't like the Bruins. He hasn't had the longest <laughs> suspension ever. Not even close, but he no, has but had the most suspensions. It's just... Uh... All right. All right. I think well, that's... I'm... I do want to say this one last okay. thing, because we talked about like the standings and stuff like that. <laughs> like, 
the problem with the standings, the three teams ahead of you in your division are head and shoulder better than you. Right. Mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, Tampa, and Florida. Do I think the matchup is good with like Toronto and Florida? Maybe a little bit, but you're not playing them every day. They're going to beat all the bad teams, so you you might not catch them. Mm. And Toronto has a game in hand on you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, with that exceptional hockey talk that I'm always such, you know, a you huge one, part of. You say one word and you think you want it. Dom, they play the Kraken on Thursday. First time ever in Seattle. Oh. How's, how's it go? Um, I'm going to say the Kraken win. Okay. I'm going to say. They're awful. Listen, we said they're going to go to the Stanley Cup, remember? No, we, no, we didn't. I know. We said it funny. We said it jokingly. Uh, I'm going to go. Kraken takes it. Uh, let's let's say three to three to two. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with the Kraken on okay, this one. I'm, I'm gonna write that down. We're gonna bring that up next. Uh, you I do just that. See if you're right. <laughs> All right. I, I'm gonna laugh if they because, do win. I mean, you know, it's West Coast. Anything can happen. Like, yeah. Say exactly. Like you know, anything. They just and they just played their best game against the Avalanche. So what are the odds that you know you have your best performance of the year and you play great the next day too? I'm just saying. You know. I mean, they got third. It's still third. Seattle Kraken three to two. For people who bet, take it. Who bets don't, on hockey? Don't, don't, actually, <laughs> don't actually do that, people. <laughs> Absolutely do not. I have no idea what actually, I'm talking about. I just learned how to play uh, fantasy hockey. Oh, there you go. All right. So we're going to we gotta stop. Halfway we're going the off the rails. We're going, the season, we're going off the rails. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now, guys, before we get into the Steelers' next quarterback talk, Pat's coaching staff, and the MLB lockout. I have a lot to say about the MLB lockout. So quick break, mm-hmm. guys, and we'll be back with you in just a few. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Slow Your Roll, as we are ready to move on to the next thing, Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of Steelers talk, as we said today. I find them an interesting team, especially because the New England perspective, you know, we see them as worse than I think they really are. But the Steelers somehow made the playoffs with possibly the worst quarterback in football in the last regular season. So I think they're just a quarterback away from being a very, very good team. And there's no, no, uh, I mean, we all know they're going to be aggressive, I feel, in the market. They came out talking about they like some of the quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett potentially. And, and some of these quarterbacks are not ready to go right away. So some of these quarterbacks will slip down lower in the draft. Um, but I still think they're going to have to go with an established person within the league. Which brings up some names to me. We're going to go through these. We're going to give our number ratings for them. The first one is the free agent Jameis Winston. Now, we all know what Winston's problem is. However, I thought that he played in the limited amount of time that I saw him in New Orleans with Peyton. I thought he played pretty well. The Steelers are a stable organization with a very good defense and Najee Harris provides a sensational, sensational check down, you know, guy to throw to and you expect he'll be able to run the ball with Najee and Jameis now gives you the ability to at least make the defense back off a little bit because you can throw the ball over the top I like Jameis as a fit here I'm going to go 7 I'm going to give it a 7 can we go decimals 
Yeah, we can go decimals. Okay. We're going to like Pete Barstool Pizza review this. Seven yeah. point. Okay, go for it, man. Cause I, go for it, Portnoy. I, I, because I was, I feel seven, maybe eight. So I want to go seven point five. Okay, about that because, yeah, I, 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 I like that. I, I think it's pretty good. You know, we, we, he has the obvious problem of I'm just gonna toss it and see what happens. Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I, his skill is my biggest, or I mean, his QB quarterback IQ is my biggest problem with him. But mm-hmm. I guess like, yeah, you have a team, a complete team. So you can rein that in. You can play conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem with that is uh, if if you don't share up the offensive line mm-hmm. and you can't quite run the ball and you're going to need him late all the time, which seems to be Pittsburgh's MO, Mr. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is the greatest like comeback quarterback ever. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know if he can do that. I, I think he might be able to for one drive. My thing is, is they're not going to need him to throw the ball 40 times a game. They can probably have him throw 25 times a game. So that's what I like it. Dan, what do you feel on Jameis Winston as the fit? Um, I give him a three. I I hate this. Um, You got a guy who's coming off a big injury. True. Um, I know he's not mobile anyways, which might not, the injury might not be concerning much, but he had how many years with Tampa Bay with different offensive people? And he always had the same problem. Yes, he went to New Orleans, and he was better. Last I checked, Sean Payton is not with Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh has the offense of coaching there to be able to reel in Winston. Mm-hmm. I think he would fall in love with the wide receivers that are there, try to play hero ball again. I think, oh, I got this defense behind me. I'll be fine. I can do this. And I just worry he would resort back to Winston. I will say one thing out of all the quarterbacks we're going to talk about he has the most upside mm-hmm. and the most talent, um, but I just I don't see I, I'm not going to take half a year of Winston dinking and dunking with Sean Payton because there's no weapons there over the last bunch of years we saw in Tampa with him. I just I don't see it. Okay, I think Bruce Aaron's made that way worse, but you know, I, I see your point, and I didn't think about maybe the Pittsburgh offensive staff is not as good as the defensive staff, but. I just I think I think it's a good I think it's a good fit. I think that I think they could figure it out, and you don't have to give up draft picks for them. So, and Pittsburgh has cap space. So, right. I mean, one question I just want to thirty thirty one or twenty. No, I think it's twenty one million uh, in cap space for the Steelers. So another thing too is um, before we keep going on, uh, Colbert, the general manager of Steelers, has come out and said he believes. It's Mason Rudolph's job to lose, anyways. Okay. So I think he's going to be saying the correct he could, things because he drafted the guy he might be trying to. So you could be entering a quarterback battle training camp too, which I like actually, mm-hmm. which I think would be good for everyone involved. Okay. Um, Jesse, I'm going to let you start on the next one. Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you think? How good is the fit here? Uh, I I don't I I don't like Jimmy G almost anywhere anymore to okay. be honest like cuz Jimmy G's good and like he's got the weapons but like I don't know he always is just he can be so inaccurate at times so it doesn't matter who you're throwing it to if you're throwing it over his head mm-hmm. um so he also can be decision making sometimes pretty bad yeah and like in in tight situations he panics he's got he's same problem as maybe Jameis. It just, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I don't. I'll give that a five because he's decent, and like 
the skilled players around him will elevate him, but like that's not who I I wouldn't be happy with that if really if I was Pittsburgh going forward. Okay. I don't care he's made a Super Bowl. All right. Dan, Jimmy Garoppolo, what uh, do you think? Uh I give it a six actually. Uh my biggest concern with Jimmy is obviously <clears throat> his availability. He's always hurt. Um and the Steelers have shown that they can win with defense. Um so I I don't see that being too much unless he's hurt for the playoffs then obviously that changes everything. But Pittsburgh has shown that even with middling quarterback play, they can win still. And even, you know, that's my biggest concern with Winston is he can just ruin a game. Garoppolo, he's not going to have the five interception games Winston's capable of. Um, so I don't see it as much of a risk as that. And I, Out of all the quarterbacks, I like Garoppolo the best out of all of them. I don't love it by any stretch, and I don't think it makes Pittsburgh a true Super Bowl contender. Okay. I'm going to go Jimmy G to Pittsburgh. I'm going to go a nine. I think it's a perfect, perfect fit. Uh, It's a similar roster to the San Francisco one, actually. They do play physical. That is their identity. Great pass rush, great front seven, very good defense. Jimmy G has made a Super Bowl, and he was on the cusp of another Super Bowl. You can win a lot of games with Jimmy G especially with that kind of team around him. I think it's a very similar team to San Francisco. I think that's why that fits. I think Jimmy G has proven that he is a winner. Now, is he maybe in the Kirk Cousins class of like, he is the standard of you need to get better to win a Super Bowl? Maybe. Maybe we will see. Um, I think he wasn't completely healthy in that last playoff game. I think he felt he's never healthy. I think I know, and that is a drawback. I think he dealt with uh, a lot of distractions this year, and with the Trey Lance situation, and and uh, did it pretty well. I think Kyle Shanahan sometimes, after a while, can also wear you down, especially as a quarterback. Um, I don't think it'll be quite that bad in Pittsburgh. I think they'll be a bit a, a little more relaxed and loose for him. And I don't see that as a huge problem for Garoppolo because I don't think that you know he plays. A, I don't. I don't think Garoppolo is ever going to go out of Shanahan's strict system and start thinking that he's a gunslinger and start doing Jameis Winston, Patrick Mahomes type things. Well, I mean, not like successful, but I mean like trying to attempt. Well, isn't this? I the think same he will problem? always play that way. Okay, but isn't this the same problem he brought up with the famous Jameis situation? How of good he, is the he, offensive staff? He's going from as much as I talk crap about him, but he's going from a guy. Like Kyle Shanahan and uh, I can't remember his name the 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 blockbuster regist- yeah, but, cash but, register. But guy. you don't leave that coaching behind. No, but like the, I think at the, this point, the Garoppolo play, the play calling. I guess, the, but the I think situational. At, um, but at this point, I think Garoppolo has gone elite offensive coaching for most of his career between New England and, and McDaniel. I still watch him. Yeah, listen, bumble it away sometimes. He, but he almost made a Super Bowl this year, and he he made another Super Bowl and was on the cusp of winning, and then he just didn't make that throw in the fourth quarter. So, I think it's a perfect fit. And I'm guessing you're not going to have to give up a first-round pick. So, I, I think it's exactly what Pittsburgh know. needs. I know, you have a thing on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you look at all the teams that need a quarterback that could presumably think that they're uh, playoff teams. Washington, the Colts. The Saints, Broncos, or all other teams that could say, we're only quarterback away. We'll give you a second-round pick and a third-round pick for Jimmy. Or you know, <laughs> we'll give you a late first-round pick, something like that. I could see that happening. And 
the mm. price for Jimmy going up and not being worth it. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna throw off one of the names because I like the name that you put, but we'll go to this one. Marcus Mariotta. Uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go about a five. Uh, this is the epitome of average to me. Uh, does he probably get the Steelers an extra win? Yes, but I think he's a clear downgrade from Garoppolo and Jameis Jameis's potential. So I, I don't think Mariota does a whole lot. He makes the offense a bit better, and like I said, maybe he's worth an extra win. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of a whatever for me on that one. Uh, you Mariota to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll go three point. Okay, even less. Five, maybe four ish. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's you know you know maybe he'll get another shot somewhere as the starter and proof he's learned and grown blah 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 but like i don't know i still look at him as like that's an okay backup mm. so again like i if i was a steelers fan i'd be very very disappointed i think you're a little brutal there i think he's a really good backup okay i guess yeah i think he's a really really good backup um but like this this is the pittsburgh steelers i i, I assume they're gonna go big game hunting mm-hmm. and i feel like marcus Mariota is definitely not that to be honest I forgot he existed, and I I kind of think they probably might have too. <laughs> uh, I've seen because his name of who they are around now potentially. Oh, okay, all right, Dan. Um, I'm giving it a two. I oh, think wow. this is terrible. It's okay. you talk about Marcus. Yeah, you used the key word there, backup. <clears throat> and not only that, don't forget when he was with Tennessee. Tennessee got better when they put Tannehill in over mm-hmm. Marcus. Mm-hmm. You can't forget that. True. And not only that, you have the injury history of Garoppolo with Marcus without the success. Mm-hmm. I just think if you're a Pittsburgh fan and you find out this guy's your starting quarterback, you just mm. start rooting for someone else. Okay. Give up the year. Well, next one, this is you're the one who brought this one to the table as an idea. So I'm going to let you start on this one. Uh, next one. My guy was uh Huntley. He doesn't have the history of the other guys. Um but I watched some of his games with Baltimore, and I gotta say, he—I think he throws a better ball than Lamar. He doesn't have the athleticism of him, but he still rushed for almost 200 yards and a couple touchdowns in about five games. Mm. You know, he—he, he, other than the last game against Pittsburgh, he doesn't throw interceptions. Um, in five games, he had almost 750 yards and three touchdowns as well. He did a very good job. He came back. He almost beat the Packers. Um, he almost came back, and I think he almost beat the Steelers. So he is more than capable of being, I feel like, a potential NFL starter. They've barely – it's always only a second year in the league. I feel like they have a chance here if he goes to the Steelers, get him, compete for a spot in the quarterback spot. There's more room to grow than any other quarterback we've mentioned and I think that's a legitimate possibility for them. Okay. Jesse. I like that a lot. Wow. Uh, now, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm still going to just put it like 6.9, not quite a 7. <clears throat> because now I like that. I like him a lot better than going into the draft and trying to pick someone out of the draft right now. Mm. Um, and I talked, I, I don't remember what we were talking about but i brought his name into something we were doing yeah uh, you did um not that i thought like he was pittsburgh potential because i still i don't think they will go for him i still like i said they're they're a big game hunting team just because of who they are um and i feel like that's what they'll do so i don't think they'll go after him but i like it because like yeah i think he is much better than anyone you could draft and he is has a lot of potential 
on the market because you didn't see him a lot. And I did also like what I saw, though. So I don't think they'll do it, though. I don't either. I don't think the one problem with him. But too, you got me thinking. The one problem too is because he was an unrest- he was an undrafted free agent signed by Baltimore. He has some weird contract thing with Baltimore where they if they can like sign him or something like that, Pittsburgh would have to trade something for him, something along those lines. I'm not 100 percent sure, mm. but it's just it's someone you can get and you can possibly develop as well. Okay. Um. Wow, I'm going to be the wet blanket on this one. Uh, I'm going uh, a two. I think it's not a fit at all with Pittsburgh. And I'm not making this about Taylor Huntley because I actually like what I saw. I think you need a particular offensive system for Taylor Huntley. And I think he was perfect for Baltimore because he does a lot of the things that Lamar does. I don't think Pittsburgh now or has ever had anything close to an offensive system that requires Taylor Huntley. I don't think they have the brand uh the culture or the offensive staff to retool the offense and build it around the things that Huntley does I don't think Huntley throws the ball vertically at all which Pittsburgh desperately needs as well I think it's a terrible fit for the Steelers so I guys come at me on this because I'm surprised that I was this different from you guys on this one I I mean you raised some points but like with an aging old quarterback comes new system. And I'm not saying that a retool it totally and be like, yeah, we're going to do exactly what Baltimore is doing because I mean, I think people have a lot of, see a lot of flaws in what Baltimore is actually doing. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, we've, we've clearly seen a more move towards at least trying to be and have an offense around a somewhat mobile quarterback. Mm. Um, so in big Ben was not quite ever that, Mm-hmm. He could move, but just because it was hard to take him down. Mm. So maybe there'll be at least a little shift. Like, oh, we want, we want to be able to roll out. We want to be able to. I think move. With, I think with a defensive-minded team and a defensive-minded head coach like Tomlin, I just don't. I just sure. don't see it. Sure. Well, if you don't, let's say you don't shore up that offensive line, and it's like, all right, let's move him. I yeah, yeah. But like, you should probably just fix the line. Yes, and I think they'll be able to do that. But Dan, uh, any I, retorts? Well, I, I just think with. With Huntley, he's uh, mobile, so if your offensive line breaks down quickly, he might be able to make a play, you know, kind of freelance a little bit, get something out of there. But I think if you're going to have Huntley as your quarterback, it needs to be more than his freelancing. I think you need designed quarterback run option and RPO kind of stuff. I mean, you could... You could implement some of that. Um, If he knows... If the quarterback knows it already, I'm pretty sure... It'll be easier to integrate it, you know, okay. with Najee Harris and the offensive line. And again, you know, even if I do think Pittsburgh can fix the offensive line, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be some growing pains with an offensive line. So you're going to have to try to work with something, you know, that. And again, you look at Winston, you look at Jimmy G, they're so they're stationary. I know Garoppolo can move. But he's not a Marcus, and he can get hit and hurt. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, again, it was a name I looked up. I wanted to throw it out there, and I just, I'm glad you did. I like it, and and Huntley is a name that we might throw out there for another things because I actually do like Huntley, and I do think he'd be a fit in a lot of other places. I just don't want to. I s- think he'd be a sensational fit in Carolina. He could be. I, I just don't want him to see him get stuck in Baltimore, stuck behind Lamar, because he's shown, you know, don't forget he even had that game. I think they won, where Lamar, like. An hour before the game was like, I can't play. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Huntley, you're starting now. 
And um, I think, I don't know if they won that game or not, but they I know. They like 30-something points. Yeah, they, he played very well. And again, he went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. He went, you know, toe-to-toe with the Steelers. So he he can, you know, he's he's not phased by big moments at all either. No, I got you. I, I You know, this is so off topic, but I mean, I just, for some reason, I like Matt Rule in the Carolina situation. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit in Carolina. You have you have a team that forever had a mobile quarterback in Newton and even brought Newton back, so they were already doing mobile stuff. You have a college coach in Matt Rule, like so. I mean, he was running a lot of that RPO college sort of offense stuff with highly mobile quarterbacks. I think Huntley would be a perfect fit in Carolina. If I was Carolina, I'd go for him. Yeah. All right. Anyway, though, that is it for the Steelers quarterback thing. Now the Pats coaching staff. We need to fill an offensive coordinator. The only names I'm really hearing so far are Bill O'Brien and Adam Gase. And then I heard Nick uh, Colley, who's already on the staff, who could be elevated to OC. Um, I'm going to start out by saying I don't want Bill O'Brien back at all. I thought he coasted on high-end talent in Alabama. I thought it was clear Sark was a way better OC. I thought... In both of Bama's losses, I thought O'Brien was kind of at fault a little bit. I mean, the Georgia game, I know he lost the the the, the horses, but I feel like he never really adjusted. The A&M game, I really don't think he adjusted. He was throwing the ball way too much against Texas A&M. And I just don't think it was a very imaginative offense. I think it was largely line up, run the ball, or line up, three-step drop, or shotgun, uh, and we have better players than you. I don't. I didn't see a lot of misdirection. I didn't see a lot of bells and whistles. I thought, especially sometimes his red zone play calling was really not good, especially in those games I mentioned, the Georgia game and the Texas A&M game. I don't want O'Brien back as an offensive coordinator at all. And I would actually maybe even take Gase over O'Brien as just an OC. I would. I don't. I was gonna ask, and I would take Gase over O'Brien. I don't want either. But, no, I don't want either either. But I would. I would. I would take Gase. Okay. Uh, I don't know anything about Nick Colley, uh, but you know what? If Bill likes him and he's on the staff, I might take Colley over Gase and O'Brien, too, and give the guy a shot, especially since he's on the younger side, and that seems to be helpful now in the NFL. Dan, your thoughts? Um, so <clears throat> I'm going to be the wet blank here and say, That's I actually fine. like O'Brien. <laughs> um, I know you do. So I know. Do you own the Texans? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I thought there was only one. So you him. do know with the Texans, he had a 52 and 48 record while he was there. I mean, he made some playoffs. Yep he he had five winning seasons out of six. He won the division twice. So, and you talk about okay, his offense is bland. Okay, we are talking about the same family tree here as Josh McDaniels. What were those defenses ranked in those seasons? He's don't worry about defense. He's not a head, he's not going to be a head coach. He'll just be an OC. He's not don't, you don't have to worry about his player choices. But he had good defenses while he was head coaching the Texans, which okay. helps. Right. But he also helps, he helps also games. he also was instrumental in Deshaun Watson getting to a pro bowl level. Because some people in this room thought Mitch Trubisky was better than Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, here's my problem. I like Deshaun Watson. Clearly very talented. And Bill O'Brien has nothing to do with that. One of the most questionable decision-making quarterbacks I've ever seen. There'd be several, Every time I watched Deshaun Watson play, I'd have that moment of, I'd just yell out, what are you doing? Mm. And... Now, is it all on O'Brien? No. Head coach can't babysit everyone and coach everyone every day. So, and that's partly on the offensive coordinator. But... Okay, again, and I go back to 
fam the coaching tree, right? Mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien was the Pats offensive coordinator after McDaniels left the first time. So there's going to be a similarity there with coaching philosophies. You can't keep giving Mac Jones different offenses. We've seen that destroys young coach, young quarterbacks. And you're going to a different offense that's not really going to be that much different. It's going to be very similar. Belichick is going to be familiar with this offense as well. On top of all the other personal coaching staff that's there is going to be familiar with it as well. So you don't have to revamp this whole offensive coaching staff as well either. On top of that, he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama last year. And you guys were ripping on him for being not a great play caller, all this and that. He also had a bird's eye view of the most talent-rich conference in all of college football. This this draft right now for the Patriots is so important. Mm-hmm. Bill is going to need all the help he can get, whether it's defensive players that maybe I could pick up in the third or fourth round that were actually really good, offensive players that work really well for the system because Bill cannot draft offensive players. And so this is another chance here for Bill Belichick to bring in someone who's had a recent look at it, who doesn't have to be like, hey, Nick, what do you think of this guy? Nick, what do you think of this guy? He's going to have that in person already while he's there. You don't think he's going to call Herm Edwards again about his opinion on a player? No. (laughs) But I I just, I I, I just, I, there's a lot of positives here that I think you guys are missing. And, and okay. And Adam Gates, he can pick O'Brien's brain without hiring him. But I would it, suspect. But, but we call, we talk about Nick Colley, right? Nick Colley never called, hasn't called offensive plays once. You're going to want that guy uh, with a second-year quarterback to do that. And he's been guy, in the offense. But he's never called plays before. And we already saw the Pats struggle this past year with getting plays in on time, being quick. And that was with Josh McDaniels. And now you want to bring, okay, you want to bring Adam Gason. Again, different offensive system philosophy he's probably going to want to bring in some of his coaches you're going to have change and turnover there and again adam gase's record with quarterbacks sam darnold anybody uh yeah and again ryan Tannehill got better when he left adam gase as well yeah but that was gase as a head coach but i i i see your point everyone seemed to love him as a coordinator though yeah, because he had Peyton Manning. I, I, that's true. That, that was his big calling. Oh, Peyton Manning spoke up for him. Okay, okay. yeah. Even if it's not Nick Colley, maybe you get an OC somewhere down in college who's an up-and-comer. Don't you think that maybe this is the time that the Pats need to break out from what they've been doing for Ab- years? Absolutely. My point with Bill O'Brien is I think he's better than the other two. Okay. And he's better than what they have now, which is nothing. Mm. Now, again, I mean, my, if... Fantasy world, my dream is Lincoln Riley. I know that's never going to happen. I would, I would like, uh, I would or, like, I would like Gaddis. He could be. I mean, I just is Gaddis still at Michigan right now, or did he go somewhere else? I forget. I think he went somewhere else. I think he did too. The other, the other dream scenario would be like um, Lane Kiffin, but um, <laughs> but again, I just, I, I, I don't know. Again, I just look at it from where Mike Leach at. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, no, but I just look at it. You don't have to change the coaching, the coaching philosophy. Bill O'Brien, for all his faults, he can coach. We've mm. seen that he can coach. I agree there. I do think he gets a little bit of a worse rap for what happened in Houston than he should. 
I think the problem really was when they gave O'Brien too much power. Right. Mm. I thought he was decent as a coach. He had some. He did have some bad playoff collapses, but I thought he did a decent job with that team as a head coach. And then I think the minute that he got personnel say was the worst thing. I don't know thing. if he's a really good I said, player I coach. I said decent job. I don't know if he's a good player coach. Maybe. I know. I, I mean, listen, he was on. He had a mutiny by the end. But that was largely because of the trading. Because he was trading away the best wide receiver for a second round pick. Yeah. And a washed up running back. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, He'd again. getting into arguments with Brady on the sideline. And then, like, I mean, it was no secret that Brady he wasn't. Brady gets into arguments with everyone on the right, sideline. But, but, listen, we don't, we've never seen it that bad. That was, always, that was the worst incident. But, like, you know, listen, we're going to talk about Brady in a little bit. <laughs> Brady and his giant ego. Uh-huh. But, um,. There was always rumors that like he wasn't the most liked guy in Houston. That like the, the, he didn't always have the locker room behind him. Um, and then when it really went bad, like they hated him. But he doesn't need to be. That's the thing is you already have Bill Belichick there for that. All you need Bill O'Brien to do is go to Mac Jones and say, "This is what we're gonna run. This is what the kind of plays we're gonna call. I'm gonna call the plays for you." Talk to me about what you see. That's all we need Bill O'Brien to do. We don't need him to start making trades. We don't need him to start picking the players. We don't need him for that type of stuff. Uh, Generationally, though, he's so far away from Mac now. And the league is getting so much younger. um, I kind of want someone younger who might be able to connect with Mac a little bit more. I mean, how old is McDaniels? He's not that old, is he? He's in his 40s now, I think. Eh, Still, though. He's a young 40, I feel. But I mean, Bill O'Brien was just in same. Alabama, too, where Mac Jones came from. That's true. Was O'Brien there the year that Mac was there, though? I no, it was Sark. Think, no, what? It was Sark. Yeah, this, was, this was O'Brien's first year. Right. No, I know. And again, I and when, one of the other things that worry me with Bill O'Brien is, okay, he comes to the Patriots for one year, and they have a good offensive year, and then he's gotten to be a head coach someone else, somewhere else. That's what scares me, because we know... Adam Gates is not getting another head coaching job. Oh no, he'll never get another so head coaching job. Right. So yeah, there is there is that one's that, done. that worry for me of O'Brien coming, doing well, and then leaving right away, which mm. would hurt. But again, I just think for the continuity okay. of everything. All right. You be- might have you might have you might have convinced me that O'Brien is better than a better choice than Gase and Collie. At the end of the day, I, I want someone who's not one of those three. I want them to go. Out. Even in, even if it's not an up and comer, even if it's someone a little well less known, I think this is the time to go younger and a time to change up the offensive philosophy. In my opinion, and I would love Gaddis. Bill Bill's not one to really branch out with his coaching hires. No, he's not. He really is which not. is becoming a problem. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't saying that as a. Ex- I wasn't. I was not saying that ex- as a positive. Yeah, especially on the the defensive side of the ball with his son in Mayo. Oh, hey, his son, his son did a good job. Oh, do you guys have not heard the reports of them? No, no, I've no, I've heard that they Bill took over the defense, and then when he handed it back to them, that's why it all fell apart. And oh, really? And there was other problems too with that. Stephen Belichick had a problem, and he couldn't go in front of the defense and present game plans, so it had to be Mayo to go do it for him. Oh gosh! So, oh, ne- oh nepotism. Yes. Ah. Oh. Uh, so Bill just needs to make. I think Bill just needs to make Mayo the. What is it with winner. What is it with geniuses in all realms? History too of just being blinded by having a kid. <laughs> it just is. It, it's so weird. It's just wow. They I think they just like him. I don't know, man. And I, I don't even think his son is an idiot. 
Like, I uh, maybe I'm not. Sure, I'm sure he knows things. That's I'm sure Bill he does. Is his dad, but, but like, I mean, if you can't get up and, and give the game points to the defense, yes. that's not that's not good about yes. character I mean, for, stuff. And I mean, you know, we've seen the documentary with Belichick and Parcells, and Belichick was at first was not a great person in front. Even even they were like Lawrence Taylor was talking to me. He's like. Who the heck is this guy? Like, why are we listening to him? Who is this guy again? That's true. And so it, you know, it takes some time. But if you're gonna do this, you got to get over it. No, I, I agree. All right, for the next one, moving on to the MLB lockout. Ooh. I had some things to say about this. The was it last show or two shows ago? We talked about Scherzer. I think it was last show. I'm gonna was, go further. I think it was two ago. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna go further. Everyone, we all hate billionaire and billionaire owners, and I am not defending owners. Okay, but everyone, oh, we got to be pro player, got to be pro player, taking advantage of them. Listen, listen, I am being pro fan because I am a huge fan of baseball and I think it is being ruined by the greed, the players having too much power and Rob Manford is the most evil person on the face Uh of the planet and I hate Manford with every fiber of my being. Um... I am against the players on this one. Let me, they can spin this and say whatever beautiful things they want to say. Let me give this to you how it really is. The players want to get rid of the luxury tax. They want arbitration sooner and they want free agency sooner so they can get paid the most amount of money so they can leave your team and go play for the Yankees. That's what this is. That's what it's all this comes down to. Now they throw in some other things, you know, better things for mining leaguers and this and that. But listen, some of them care about that. Most of them don't. This is really about getting rid of all the things in the way of them making the most amount of money possible. And the other thing that they're very upset about, too, is veterans. If you're a mid-tier veteran or good, you're not getting as many offers because the game has gotten so much younger and teams don't have to pay them as much money. But I am a fan of baseball, and that's why what the players are doing is awful because it's only going to make the you know, discrepancy in the competitiveness of the game worse because all it's doing is these younger teams, these small market teams are not going to be able to hold on to their talent as long. They're going to have to pay arbitration sooner, even to the guys who don't hit free agency. They're going to be out of money even less. And if you get rid of the luxury tax, the Yankees and the Dodgers can even spend even more without penalties. So all it's going to do is make the competitive uh, discrepancies in baseball even worse. This will be terrible for the fans. The fans will lose out. If you're not a fan of the Yankees, the Dodgers, even the Braves can spend a decent amount of money somewhere in Texas, Boston, anything like that, Chicago, Philly. you are losing Philly, Philadelphia as well. You are losing out. I am not a fan of billionaire owners. This is not what it's about. This is about the fans and the players and their greed are getting so they're screwing over the fans and nobody has more power than the than MLB players in, in in sports except I don't know about soccer maybe soccer does I don't follow soccer I'm an American um, <laughs> <laughs> but in American sports you know the ones that matter <laughs> no one has more power uh, than the MLB players and they're using it once again to throw a temper tantrum and they're going to ruin the game in my opinion that's how I feel about that. I'm just so mad at the players on this one. They're ruining the game. And it, it's making them, it, it's coming across NBA-ish at times. They're, they're getting hard to root for. Scherzer's comments last week I thought were delusional. 
I'm telling you, it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago. You're right. It was because that last show was mostly Super Bowl stuff. Yeah. And there, there hasn't been any news on the lockout in over two weeks, anyways. I think no, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday no, was this, the first this, time. Yeah. There's been there's been like just trickles of yes. ideas. Yeah. So the 15. I want to talk about your reaction to what I just said, and then maybe we'll talk about what you think is going to happen, and then what are the outs, and what do you think will happen, all that kind of stuff. Am I am I oh. am I being too hard on the players? Um. Because it seems no. like, because it seems like when it comes to media, I, this is another one. Oh, no, listen, the normal media lies to you, okay? Oh no, I've seen nothing but the media hyping up the players and their arguments. Yeah, the normal media lies to you because they need to stay on the side. They need to stay on the good side of the players. This is horrible for the fans. Absolutely horrible for the fans. Yeah, I've seen. I, the only thing I've like seen come out from. Like what the owner suggests are just their terrible ideas, mm-hmm. and not to say they haven't had terrible ideas. Like every idea they put out seems to be like, how are we going to screw over the minor leagues more? Mm-hmm. How are we going to not have to pay that much money even more? Because they're just trying to cut jobs and all that other crap. And like you asked me, like where do I think this is going to end up? The poorest players and the fans are going to lose. Mm-hmm. The players will get. Will probably get more money, mm-hmm. and somehow the owners will not pay up that much because they'll cut someone else's pay somewhere. Mm-hmm. So the rich will get richer. That's that's what I think because I'm I'm pessimist about all this. What do you think about getting rid of the luxury tax, arbitration sooner, and free agency sooner for players? Um, I mean, who's the thing? Like with the luxury tax, like MLB pay is so much different than every like every other league. They don't have a cap. They, the luxury tax is supposed to play into that. Your money's it's, guaranteed. Yes. It's it's about revenue and how much money your team has. There's not a set rate for everybody. Um, so I often, like, my biggest problem with the MLB has kind of always been that. Mm. Like, because, you know, it is always the Yankees, the mm. Cardinals, mm-hmm. any a Chicago team, even though they never win. Mm. Um, uh, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. Because, like, Dodgers aren't fun to watch the past couple of, The Dodgers are everything wrong with the MLB right now mm. because they've just spent an exorbitant amount of money and all that stuff. And, like, obviously they're going to win. It's like I want to I see small market teams win. I want to be able to see um, random people, like, be able to play. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, that, I don't know. That was always part of the magic of the MLB. As much as I love watching people like Trout mm-hmm. and Soto – um, baseball is just all shapes and sizes and people and from like anywhere and it's I don't know that is, and it's become just like soccer mm. such a rich man's game now you're not cultured enough for this mm-hmm. and it's uh, and they don't like they're so they wonder why mm-hmm. they're losing the audience mm-hmm. it's not just because your game is boring well to me this is one of the sadder things is they actually had a very good year last year they gained a lot no, of their they audience did. back they, they did um, because the game can be very exciting ex- with stuff like this, um, but you, like you, it's it's just greed. And now you, you how many times does a, a, a league go through this? Every time a league goes through something like this, they will always lose an audience. The NFL took a dip when they had their little lockout thing. The NHL took a dip. The NBA took a dip. But I think to me, this is the most. This is the most. Just like, what are you complaining about? I mean, the NFL players kind of get screwed over. NBA, they get played pretty well, especially if you're a star um, and all the other ones. But MLB, they make so much money. They, no, and it's if, guaranteed. No, if you are, if you make it, you are treated very well. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the the biggest problem is and is the players throw it in, but I'm sure they'll be like, all right, we'll we'll leave it off. Mm. Is the fact that the, I think the minor leagues are going to get screwed mm. because everything I see, like every own, like every idea I see from the owners, are like, well, okay, but we're not going to pay the minor leagues. Mm, yeah, I guess. And they already it's already come out like they already have egregious situations. Like they all they're living with their parents, they're living in motels, mm-hmm. they have to skip meals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like how do we treat your professional players so well, mm-hmm. but your minor leagues so bad? Mm. So I I think to your point though, that is what they're trying to do here is I think it was the Angels that came out last year, two years ago, about how poorly minor leaguers were. Oh, no, the Angels were always at the top of the list for being treated like crap. Right. Mm -hmm. So I do think this is just the owners possibly saying, hey, we can treat you, quote, better, but we're not going to do it for as many people. I think the bigger issue— got to earn it first. I think the biggest issue that I think that the players are ignoring here is there should be some sort of salary floor. You have you do have teams out there. They're like, oh, we're only spending twenty five million dollars on our entire payroll. Isn't that great for us? But we're making all this money from revenue and everything else. Look how great. Well, we and are. the revenue sharing. Right, the revenue sharing is a big issue too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I do think some of the owners have to try to figure out, take some blame here. That hey, we have some guys here that are just they're not pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. Like you have, if. You know, okay, the Rays can't pay as much, or the Marlins can't pay as much, or Cleveland can't pay as much. I'm not going to call them that name. Um, <laughs> but, like, you need some of these teams to kind of do more, pay more, and you need to force them. What was the year? I mean, the Pirates are probably the most egregious example of this. Right. Like, like what was the year? Um, you know, because the Rays like, do care about winning. The Rays care about winning, and they've done an excellent job. But, you know, they need to figure out how we can spend more because we can actually get better for the team. And maybe if we spend more, we can create some excitement here and get fans to actually come in and see the games. But yeah. you see, but like... As, I, I get your point. So the tanking in baseball and still being able to make a profit right. is a huge And issue. I do like the lottery idea mm. of the players implemented where like the bottom eight teams, it goes into an NBA-style lottery. And because we've seen now in the last few several years actually number one picks usually pan out now Mm -hmm. it's not boomer bust like it used to be Mm -hmm. um so i do like that idea of being able to try to force them like hey you need to might need to win some games here you need to do more because there is you can't just lose your way through an entire season and guarantee you're going to get a number one overall like, like like the astros right how how many years were they absolutely god awful and then oh we've got all these great players now look how awesome we are like you got to try to avoid some of those situations, and you need to get them to spend in order to do it. I do think there should be some sort of salary cap. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, you know, the players there. This this situation, I never wanted a salary cap because I don't like rules and stuff. This has made me. If the players are going to continue, and by the way, if you go look at the history of these negotiations so far, the players have seemed like the most unwilling to make any. Budges, res- any- budges, reservations at all. I would want the league to come down and just say, like two little kids yelling and screaming at each other, just come down with the iron fist. All right, salary cap. You both lose. You right. both don't get anything of what you want. I think the owners would actually 
like that more because that means oh we don't have to spend more than this much yeah uh, because you don't see get the- you you i think i think mid-tier and low teams would but i don't think the dodgers would be happy i, I, I don't think the yankees would be happy i mean what well, we've seen <laughs> the lux- red sox would the, yeah just because henry yeah, right well you've seen the luxury tax even the yankees a little bit they're scared of the luxury tax they don't want to necessarily have to go in there and pay that kind of money yeah yeah but they'll but they'll but they'll go over it for a year or two just to but this give is the a, dividends but don't forget this is the same steinbrenner who's like f the luxury tax i'm paying whatever it takes to win well, actually yeah. did you hear that steinbrenner and henry actually showed up to some of these negotiations oh. the other day really? they were seen there oh man wow um but no i just it's just I see I don't think anyone's right or wrong in this situation. The players do annoy me a lot. They are right about a few things. You I mean, I don't think the I, I've never said I thought the owners were right. Right. <laughs> but it's like it's like, you know, the expanded playoffs it hasn't worked in baseball. We need to stop that. Oh my gosh, they're going to By the way, that was another thing they're trying to expand the playoffs more. Right. Um whether the owners want advertisements on uniforms, which I absolutely oh, I've, hate. I always hated that. Yeah, so it's please like no. any, with right. anything. So it's like, okay, if that's what the owners want players, you have to realize you really don't want that. Okay, you're going to have to give up just a little bit. But I do think with arbitration, I do think it is tough. For, it can be tough for players because it's like, oh, you're you're one of our five best hitters, mm-hmm. but we're going to send you to the minors because we don't want to pay you. Mm-hmm. So we're purposely sabotaging our team. Mm-hmm. So that we don't have to pay money. So if they could include some sort of like, if you win an award, you know, maybe an MVP, Cy Young, Silver Slugger, that type of thing, it knocks a year off your arbitration or something like that. And I think if the players were smart and you get these really good players, that is something you could really work mm. towards. All right. Sounds good. Any other thoughts? Uh, eh, no, I guess not. All right. All right, that has been the MLB lockout thing. We're listen. I'm sure we're going to get back to this in other episodes. As I mentioned, I mean, MLB was trying to expand it even more. We I'm don't sure even have the time that we'll, met, oh, we'll yes. talk about. I don't even want to get into the MLB expanding the playoffs. That is so stupid. That is so Rob Manford, who I don't even really think is that much of a fan of baseball. I think he's just a businessman, who's I feel like widely hated as more than almost any other commissioner, especially by the true. Uh, baseball fans. I don't know, Gary B- Batman. Batman is pretty. <laughs> That's true. That's I mean, true. Goodell is despised. I feel like people. I think. I think more people hate Goodell in New England than in the rest of the country. I think. I think people with Goodell are like, oh, we don't like him. But at the same time, he has been so good for them for so long. It's hard to argue his results. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. So with that, guys, we are going to take a quick break once again before we're. We uh, get Carell on the phone on the interview from Los Angeles to welcome him in. So thank you, Dan, for coming on the show once again. You're welcome. I mean, if you want to have some comments on the Tommy Report and Darwin Award, actually, you can. So, okay. Yeah, so no problem. So quick break, guys, before we're back with the interview.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back here at Slow Your Roll. Dominic Lorenzano alongside Brian here for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield, as always. And we are getting ready for our interview here with uh, the man who used to be our New Orleans connection, but he has since moved out to L.A. What a time for him to move out to L.A. anyway. So with that, I welcome in Carell Johnson once again back to the show. Carell, how are you doing out there in L.A.? I'm doing great. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back on the show. I thought you wasn't going to ask me back on. So, <laughs> well, you were you were in transition. You know, you did. It was it was it was a tough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, just sat by the phone and like he's going to call me. He's going to call me at some point. That's not what happened. I don't want to oh. hear. Your car oh. broke out. Your car oh. broke out halfway there. You were in a transition. You know it. Don't, don't put oh. this on me. Football, fo- football season's over. Okay, I guess. I guess I won't be getting the car. <laughs> I, I was embarrassed about the Eagles. I didn't want to talk to you, you know. I, I mean, we made it about as far as you guys did. So, yeah. Well, yeah, but I thought they were going to be terrible. That's my point. We were supposed to be. Yeah, you were. <laughs> but you made the playoffs at least. All right. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> so, our man from Los Angeles here, before we get into the LA stuff, obviously he's he's a native of uh, New Jersey, not far from Philly, so he's a Philly fan. And uh, Delaware. you're, you're Delaware. very. What? Delaware. <laughs> no, I know. I'm telling for the audience. Uh, okay. Um, and so, uh, and you follow the NBA very closely. So, I want to hear, I talked to you a little bit when it first came. I want to hear your reactions now to the 76ers trade with the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden? Uh, my initial reaction was I hated it. Um, we just gave up too, way too much, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like, the, be- the best, for, in my book, this Seth, Seth Curry is probably the best shooter that doesn't shoot enough. Mm-hmm. Um, if he shot as many times as Steph did, you know, I feel like there would be an argument on who's the best shooter. And this guy, every time he throws it up, you think it's gone in every single time. Mm-hmm. So that hurt me to let go a shooter. We've never had a shooter that good, except for maybe Kyle Korver back in his early days. But mm-hmm. um, so that hurt. Then we let go a starting center. Yes, he's our backup center, but he is a starting center. And we gave him, so we gave them a a starting shooting guard. We gave them a starting center. We gave them a number one draft pick who is Ben Simmons. Because he's drafted number one. He's been an all-star every year, except for his first year where he won rookie of the year. Um, And then we gave them two more picks. And I'm just like, I hate this. I hate this a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, I know it's James Harden, and as time has gone along, I've seen James Harden and his outfits on the sideline. Um, it's made me feel a tiny bit better, mm. uh, especially last night after we beat the Bucks mm. without a James Harden. Mm. Um, so, but I'm still angry. I, I have not watched the Ben Simmons press conference. I will not. I will not watch the Ben Simmons press conference. Um, I kind of feel like you know I raised Ben, and then he just went on TV and talked bad about me. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel, and so I will not be watching it. I get that. I get that. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick, though. It, not not in defense of Simmons. I, I don't defend Simmons, but in defense of the trade. 
Yes, Ben Simmons was everything that you said, but he wasn't going to play again to you guys. So you got rid of someone who wasn't on the floor. Then you got rid of, I know Seth is a very good role player, but it seems like both role players. And then first round draft, draft picks in the NBA. I mean, after like the first couple of picks, it's sort of who knows. Four star in James Harden and stars win games. You know, NBA is a star driven league. I don't like Harden. He's forced his way out and out of two places. But you're going to get a super motivated Harden who's going to have to play well because his reputation depends on it. Yeah, I feel good about that. Just hopefully his his body holds up. I mean, he used he used to be able to play the most minutes in the league every single year. And now these past two seasons, he's having hamstring issues. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think they're like reading books or talking to the guy who's the best hamstring doctor or some crazy stuff that they're trying to rely on now. But if he can stay healthy throughout the rest of, I mean, we only got like 20 or so games left Mm. and then the playoffs. So if we can just kind of ram him up, ramp him up, kind of like what we do in Embiid when Embiid comes back, not allow him to play too many minutes and things like that. I feel pretty good about it, especially if he's going to play defense. <laughs> if if Harden's going to play defense, that's what we need. <laughs> if Harden's going to play Olay defense, then yeah, no, that's not going to be great. Yeah. Uh, the other advantage, though, I see in this is is at least I, I I don't love Harden as a player as far as his personality type and all that, but it will be Embiid's team. It's not like it's Harden's team. Do you think that at least is helpful in this situation? At least that you don't Harden doesn't have to be. The, the number one guy, you know, the emotional leader, the, you know, everything. Yeah, I think it's helpful because he just, he just came from that. He just got to feel what it feels like to, I mean, not be a normal guy, but to be a guy that doesn't have to run the team. And I feel like that's kind of a reason why maybe he wanted to leave. He's like, why am I doing the same thing that I was just doing in Houston? Now, why is this all on me now? Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like with the growth that Embiid has made the past two seasons where he could have been MVP last year and he could be MVP this year, um, definitely Harden is looking at it like all I got to do is take what they give me because now they're going to give me a lot. Now that Embiid needs to be double teamed all the time, um, and I can just take what they give me and pick my spots and still average, you know, I think he's, I think he's going to average at least 25 with us, to be honest, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and then if you watch the game, he was last night, he was mentoring, uh, Maxi, um, telling him what to do on the sideline. Apparently he told another guy on our bench, Hey, go shoot 10 threes. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the paper and was like, oh, I guess I shot 10 threes tonight. I guess, you know, note to self, I should always take advice from James Hart. So <laughs> it seems it seems like um, he's he's got way more leadership than I think we understand. We never hear about James Hart and the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think I'm kind of excited to see, like, you know, how they bounce off each other and be in Hart and you know, everyone's comparing them to possibly something like Shaq and Kobe. Um, so I think, I, you know, I'm starting to get excited. Um, 
do I still hate the trade? Yes, <laughs> but I'm starting, starting to get excited. Some, especially with these coats and jackets that James Harden keeps wearing to the game. Like, you know, we we don't get many fashionistas. Fashion, fashionista. We don't get many. We don't get many. You know, red carpet outfits to the Philly Arena. You know, we put on a hard hat and we come to work. But you yeah. know, I'm liking the. The, the 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 flashing cameras walking the, through the little pizzazz. Yeah, I'm liking the I'm liking the pizzazz. You know, feel <laughs> good about I, it. So how how confident are you in your 76ers then this year in the playoffs? Do you think they're one of the best teams in the East now? Um, so to be honest, as a Sixers fan, to watch us like what was it? It was like last week we were number two, number one. Mm-hmm. We still could. Like, to me, this is amazing. Like, we don't have all our players. We didn't have an all-star point guard. And somehow we're still only a couple games back from first place. Um, So you take that and you add a James Harden. Technically, I feel like we should be on top, if not the top. This trade was only for, I mean, yes, next year too. But this trade was to win this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you if you tell us as Philly fans this trade is to win this year, so now that's what we're expecting. Okay. Yeah, I mean the East is you know the East is kind of average uh, the whole way through, except maybe the Bucks for the most part. So, no, which I mean, we just, which I, we just I, gave it to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, which <laughs> I, I, I know, right? Exactly. So I really like their chances uh, after the trade, as much as hard in the person sometimes can get on my nerves, at least the way that he forced his way out of two places. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to ignore that. <laughs> no, I, I hear that. If he was on my <laughs> team, he made my team better. I'd probably ignore it too. <laughs> All right. So from the Sixers, I want to talk about, I don't know if you heard the actual thing I did, but I told you I gave Kevin Durant the Darwin award last week. I don't know if mm-hmm. you heard how brutal. Uh, yeah. I, it watched, was. I watched, I watched some of it. Okay. Um, I want your reactions to that. Do you think I'm in the right there? Or, I mean, Katie, well, let's talk Katie, the decision, his legacy, and then that's moving forward. Um, Katie and the decision, I feel like in a little bit, I kind of view it like what LeBron did in Miami. Um, LeBron needed to learn how to win. He went to Miami with these guys, learned how to win, and took what he took from there back to Cleveland and L.A. and has won two more championships. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, I think that's what Kevin Durant thought he would be able to do. Um, but health-wise, he can't stay. He's getting hurt more than LeBron is, and he's younger than LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, his teams are what the team is kind of falling apart, coming together. Like who knows what's going on with his team. Um, so I, I think that was his plan. I just, to be honest, I don't know. I don't, I like Kevin Durant, but I'm not necessarily cheering for him to go win another one. Mm. Um, I think at some point when LeBron's in Cleveland, we're all were like, oh, he deserves to win this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not feeling that way about Kevin at all. Yeah. I don't I don't care what he does. Um he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then as far as like choosing I don't know, it was kind of 
Like, what did what did he expect? Like, Steph Curry was there, lighting up the world. Mm-hmm. People are going to the games early just to watch his warmups. Mm-hmm. And you think you're gonna come to this team and steal some shine from <laughs> this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But then the uh, career, ugh. Like, I, I, that's my point. It's 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 one. Leaving success, I think, is, you know, questionable, but at least I get why he did it. But then to choose, one, the Nets, who hadn't done anything in a while, but then mm-hmm. mostly to choose Kyrie to stake your career to after that is the one that makes me just absolutely baffled. There are plenty of places KD could have gone that would have wanted them there. And he decided that he should bank his future success on Kyrie Irving. And now if you watch Golden State is back to being near the top, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't look good for Durant in the legacy, in my opinion. Especially after Kyrie did what he did to you guys, basically lied to your face and was like, I'm trying to stay here, mm-hmm. and then left the next year and then tried to recruit Kevin. And, I mean, apparently Kevin is – Kevin loves to be recruited. That's yes. what happened in Golden State. They hey, Kevin, feel that love. Yeah, Kevin, we need you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. and, and Kyrie's doing the same thing. Hey, Kevin, like – Da, da, da. Apparently he wanted to go to the Knicks and the only reason he went to Brooklyn was because of Kyrie. Yeah. And there used to be videos of Kyrie and Kevin Durant talking uh, in the hallways before games and things that people were like, oh my gosh, are they talking about teaming up together? They actually were, which was yeah. kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, and then he does it because he's getting recruited and yes, let's make our own thing in Brooklyn. And I mean, I don't know if it's the pandemic, but Kyrie has kind of like been a little uh, like, <laughs> you know, like everyone, like everyone's having some mental issues. And it, I, I feel like, you know, Kyrie's been all over the place since this whole lockdown thing first happened. All of a sudden he's he wants to do this. He wants to do that. He's trying to do that. It's just like. And, and I feel like Harden was just like, I got to get out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Kyrie is definitely one of the biggest reasons Harden ended up wanting out. Um, and I think in the public eye, Kyrie's gone off the rails more to the public uh, in the rest of the country. But for those of us in Boston, this was Kyrie even before that. It's just Boston is better at keeping things in-house. But the yeah, story... So- the stories that were coming out of the Celtics locker room and some of the things they even never saw the light of day uh, were just legendary. Here. Really? Oh, just legendary. The weird things he'd say to teammates, the weird fights, the burning sage in people's faces because he thought they weren't shooting well. Uh, just he was, odd, <laughs> odd things. We didn't hear about that. We just heard were, Like I said, the Celtics are a little better at trying to keep things in-house, but then he goes to Brooklyn. It's New York, you know, still, and all those stars and players the whole world could see it after that. But I mean, I, that's the other thing though, too. It's like correct Durant. Why didn't you give LeBron a call? Like, I know you're connected in the league. He never thought to like give somebody a call before going there. Well, that's the problem that <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie are friends, I guess. So you're just going to, you know, this is yeah. my friend. I'm going to, I'm going to believe him, you know? <laughs> yeah. We're, 
we're friends. You're telling me this is going to air soon. I'm going to believe that this, I'm going to be able to hear my voice. Now that's if, true. It, I get it. If, I get it. It's not. It's it's going to be. It's going to end up on a cassette tape somewhere <laughs> in, in mom's house. It's gonna, mom's house. Mom's going to be listening to it with you know some whiskey and the cassette tape. And I'm like, he told me this was going to be on air. <laughs> all right. All right. We put it that way. I get it. But I, I thought he was friends with LeBron too. I, I don't know. I to me it he, just it just he, seems like a weird decision. He is, but I think LeBron is more his competitor. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. so he looks at LeBron like we're we're boys, but you're my competitor. I'm competing against you. I want more rings. I'm trying to have more rings than you. I'm trying to be in the end better than mm-hmm. you are. I want to go down as you know. If we're going to go down as the top basketball players, I want to be on top of you. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that's why it's like, all right, this is my boy. All right, he's telling me this. All right, blah, blah. Yeah, we're going to go here and do our own thing. And now it's mm-hmm. – I can't say it's not. I mean, it's only been – I mean, he's been there for two seasons, but he didn't play the first one. Yeah. Um, so technically it's only been two seasons, but now Ben's there. He might not even be – Durant might not even be back in time to like actually play with like Ben might actually get on the floor before Durant does, which is mm-hmm. insane. Like, I don't know what's going on with Durant's body, yeah. but, but you know, it seems like Brooklyn has some kind of spell over it that, you know, if they can't make it work then somebody's got to get hurt. Mm. I got you. I got you. All right. I'm glad we brought up LeBron too. Cause from that, I'm going to transition into the Lakers. Uh, you know, I've been, hypercritical of them before the season even started. The last time we were on here, I talked about them being, you know, uh, a bigger brand than a reality with all the moves they made. And I didn't think it was going to work. Like seems clearly it hasn't. What is the vibe in Los Angeles around the Lakers and around LeBron? Do people think he might be on his way out after the season or what? Um, So LA is, is a very, they, I feel like they take in the media more than anywhere else. I feel like they de- they designed it, you know, the, the, the lights, the the cameras. So if the media says Russell Westbrook is the problem, it feels like LA is like Russell Westbrook is the problem. <laughs> well, they, well, I mean, the crowd's chanting at him not to shoot late in games in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's I guess L.A. in a way can be very clicky. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once they've decided like, oh, you're not good enough here. um, I don't I don't know what he's going to have. I don't know what Russell's going to have to do. I don't know. Like, I feel bad for him. I feel it, it feels like the new kid that's not getting accepted by his, you know, fellow yeah. classmates. It's just, it's like, it's just really sad. And not just his classmates aren't accepting him. It's like the the rest of the school doesn't want to accept him. And, 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 the, and the principal's like, I didn't want you to come here. You yeah. know, and <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> it's, it's it's really it's really you could see it on his face. He's just like, I've never been treated like this in my life. And unfortunately, I, I mean, I, do you think that they're stuck with him? Because I don't think anyone's going to take him. They Houston actually tried to 
give them, which I feel like I would have took that. Houston tried to give them John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. And they turned it down. I don't know. That's that's I mean, listen, I don't think the Lakers are well run and I think they can be a little stubborn up at the top. So that might be the reason for that. But that was the only that was the only trade I even that's, heard on that's, the table. Yeah. That's the only one I've heard of. They they kept trying to give them to us, and we're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, maybe. Why, I mean, why would you take Westbrook at this point, though? I mean, honestly. Well, it was for Ben Simmons, basically, but but I like think... Le, LeBron would have got Ben Simmons, and LeBron would be in the league till he was forty five if he'd have got Ben Simmons. If he'd have well, got Ben, would be the kind of perfect guy for LeBron. I feel like. LeBron would just be in his like coaching him. Like Ben Simmons would literally become LeBron <laughs> if if Ben Simmons went to LA. Yeah. So I'm 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 pretty happy that didn't happen because they would they would be winning a ring. Same thing if he went to Golden State. If he went to Golden State, mm-hmm. lock Golden State in for the ring. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, what is has the city's opinion of LeBron turned at all a little bit? Of the the bronze, I think, as you called them, last time you were on the show. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, it's still the the bronze, but he <laughs> he's still, you know, trying to run the team but be a player. Um, what was but that? The city, but the city hasn't turned on him a little bit, knowing that he was the one who was kind of <clears throat> the architect of this team and how bad it's gone. No, because he and you know, even though it was in the bubble, they did win the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole I think the whole Kobe thing, like Kobe actually passing away mm-hmm. was more of a was way more of a passing of the torch to LeBron than I th- I think people realize it's like, okay, Kobe's gone. Like this is all we got now is LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um so it feels like he is a Laker. Okay. Know? I'm a little surprised to hear that actually. I thought I thought they I thought they their opinions of him might have soured a little bit, but okay. No, he's he's he he there's no like mm. and then it, the whole like you know his son and that like I don't know, it's a whole weird thing, but no, nah, he feels it feels like he is definitely a Laker now. Mm, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um so lastly. Uh, you know, I I was a huge I was a huge fan of the Rams. I, I called them the best team in the NFL early on in the season. A lot of people aren't super happy just because one people don't like LA, and two they're wondering about a fan base thing. And uh, how much are you getting the vibe that people uh, really care about the Rams Super Bowl? Um, so the Super Bowl parade was yesterday. <laughs> I heard nothing about it. <laughs> I, I went. <laughs> Was it yesterday or what's today? Maybe it was Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. The Super Bowl parade was Wednesday. <laughs> I went into work and people were just like, the parade's today. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The parade is today. I'm like, was there, an, was there an alert? Like, did someone send out anything? They're just like, no, they just <laughs> put it together real quick and the parade's happening right now. <laughs> and I'm like, where's... Like, and then someone said to me, well, if you were a fan of the Rams, you would know the parades today. And I was like, okay, that's, that's true. Yeah, but that's not how it works in every other city. No, every other city. You don't have to be a sports fan, but you'll still know that the parade is that day. Yeah, 
like no word the parade was happening. Um, I went to after the Super Bowl when I went to a bar in Venice, which I guess you know I should have went downtown. Mm-hmm. I went to this bar in Venice, and everybody in Venice was acting like it's just a normal day. <laughs> you know, mood lights on. And, <laughs> and I'm like, is anyone celebrating the Super Bowl? I'm trying to feel what this feels like here. And I couldn't get any feelings. Like, where am I? Did this town just win the Super Bowl or not? That's crazy. Um, I mean, I imagine if the Super Bowl had been won in Philly or where you just were in New Orleans, it'd be nuts. It would be the whole city. The whole city would be on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and and here, like, people were just lighting candles and getting ready for bed. Like, I don't... I mean, that there were... There were... I've seen some video of people, like, celebrating out there and doing yeah. some stuff, but um, it's just not exactly what I thought it would mm-hmm. be. I thought I would be able to feel more... You know, I wanted to go out and celebrate and pretend for a second, and <laughs> I feel like I didn't get... I didn't get it. You didn't get the chance. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. <laughs> so it's 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 safe to say you you have not converted to being a Rams fan yet. Mm, no, there's still there's still Eagles, and then Saints below them. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the Rams would have to do. <laughs> I I don't I don't think there's much they can do. I think LA is what it is. <laughs> and then what's going on? There's two teams here, right? Yeah, there's the Chargers and the Rams. What's going on with that one? The Chargers? Nobody oh, well, talks about them. Ever. Well, yeah, because they, I mean, they were from San Diego. They still haven't made the playoffs now since they moved to L.A. and they can't get out of their own way. So that's, yeah, that's why. They're here. Yeah. <laughs> but no one, like, you, no one talks about them. Ever. I, don't. I don't. I don't think they exist. <laughs> Justin Herbert is amazing. But other than that, yeah, no, I don't think anyone cares about the Chargers at all. No. Does anyone care about USC, by the way? Is that is that coming back oh, a little bit? Because so they just got Lane Kiffin. That's their team. Okay. That's a, that's LA's team. Okay. USC is the LA team. Mm-hmm. That's that's what people are, have grown. They've grown in the USC. That's that's who they care about. Mm-hmm. So that's that's basically where most of the fan base is. Okay. And then uh, the people that do care about the NFL are like Niners fans because they've grown up watching the Niners and things mm-hmm. like that. There's some Oakland, um, mm-hmm. but they've switched to Vegas now, so they're kind of like, uh. But um, that's why the stadium was mostly Niners fans when the Niners and Rams played because these mm-hmm. people have grown up rooting for the Niners. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so funny. That is funny. Can you see yourself? Converting to a college football fan and then rooting for USC since you're there now, or not your thing? So weird thing when I was in New Orleans, I did Joe Burrow did get me in the LSU for a little bit when he okay. was when he was doing his thing there. Um, so it could happen, you know. I'm not gonna cheer for no one that's not doing anything though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if, if, you got if, Caleb, you got Caleb Williams coming there. Who might be the best quarterback in the country. He just transferred there because Lane Kiffin. So. I guess was I mean if the town starts buzzing and <laughs> that's all I need. I just need the hairs to stand up on my <laughs> neck and go like, hey, maybe you should pay attention to this. And then that's what I'll start doing. All right. <laughs> all right, Garel. Well, we're on a little bit of a time crunch here. So I uh, thank you so much for uh for calling in and uh how's how 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 are things going since you since you went out there? What are you working on? 
Uh, I'm working on a bit. Um, not much I can say at the moment, but okay. I'm working on a bit. Um, I'm excited about it. It's pretty, you know, it's, I view LA as LA and New York pretty much similar. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, the things that you can do in that city. Um, so I'm pretty excited about what's happening forward. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep waiting on a phone call from you sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but well, uh, listen, the next time, listen, I'm not going to, I can't say, I'm, I'm not going to make uh, any sayings because everything's not done yet, but you know, some things coming up in the, uh, in the future, next time you call in, it could be a little different. Yeah, so, it could. It could. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm going I'm to see different things behind you than what I see behind you right now. <laughs> right exactly. Now. <laughs> I mean, this is actually still a studio, by the way. You just can't see the studio part because it's in front of me. Yeah, yeah. You, you, got, <laughs> you got me in the janitor's closet right now. <laughs> ah, you're in the janitor's closet right now. I can't even see your face. Get out of here, man. <laughs> well, you told me my face wasn't important, so... Uh, you did that after I already did. <laughs> all right, Carol. Thank you very much uh, for calling in. And, and you took all your saints, uh, all the prosperity of the saints with you when you left the city. Do you talk to anyone from New Orleans still really? Or? Yeah. And and they, because Mardi Gras is happening and the buildup is happening right now, like nobody talks about the saints at the moment because the saints saddens them. Yeah, when Sean and, left, so and they don't know what's going on. Like, who's their court? Like, nobody knows. Yeah, no one knows anything happening down there. So they're just gonna, you know, party and drink up until until they're good some, again. <laughs> yeah, until summertime happens, and then they have to pay attention to them. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you, thank you very much, Carl, for joining. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, my my, my pleasure, man. Appreciate the the phone call. <laughs> Always appreciate it, man. And a thank you once again to uh, my man there, Carell, for taking the time out of his schedule to uh, get with us to talk about Los Angeles, Super Bowl winning city that just cared so much. They love their Rams, uh, as you heard straight from the horse's mouth there on the streets of Los Angeles. All right, with that, we are getting ready to wrap up the show today. Jesse, Tommy report, let's go. Oh, baby, it just won't die. No. My man just will not stop being talked about. All right, and you know what? This was a bit of a spicy one. Mm. Some juicy. He just will not go away. So, I mean, this was a rumored a little bit. Actually, even last year when things started off, I guess, a little rocky for the Buccaneers, um, at least by Tom Brady standards, um, that there was tension between Bruce Arians mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. And then the season went great, and it was like, oh, no, come on. However, this season, it really seemed like there was tension. And there was rumors going around that, and it really came out when they got eliminated. I don't know who said it, but mm. someone on the Buccaneers said, like, no, like, there were fights in the locker room, and it was bad. Um, but it came out that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady had tension. And now the report was that, like, because Bruce had, like, a surgery or something, so he would, like, coming a little later to the building, and Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich would pretty much already be putting uh, mm. offensive game plans together, and Bruce would come in with his red pen Mm-hmm. And just be crossing things out and all that stuff. And they didn't appreciate that. Mm. Now, Bruce Ferentz came out and said, I, the quote is, he said, I mean, that's such bull spit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe this. Oh, I do too. Because 
uh, Tom Brady is a bit of a drama queen. I mean, he wants his way. He's earned a little bit of that. He knows what he's doing. He's the best. But, like... Wow. I think you're being rough on Tommy a little bit. I'm going to be a little rough on him. Like, come on. He, he seems to have tension with people. I think I think Tommy... Bill I, I think Tommy and Leftwich... I think Tommy and Leftwich are just smarter and better than Arians. And they don't want oh. Bruce coming in and, and... Bruce is no... <laughs> Is no sunshine either because throughout the season Bruce was being a bitch and crying about things <laughs> when they came to New England and they made such a big deal out of Brady and Belichick. Mm-hmm. Bruce hated it. What do you say? There's like uh, 53 of the guys on the roster, or yeah, something like that. Some people. And like here's the thing: Tom Brady didn't have the best game, but like let's let's not lose sight of the fact that this man played here for 20 years and came back here. Like mm-hmm. you can relax, Bruce. Mm-hmm. It was never like I, I he clearly didn't like that. His he was being outshined by. The greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, and I think just personality-wise, there was it was going to be a weird mix no matter what, too. Yeah, but uh, the point I make with the Brady is, based on who Brady is and with his giant ego, was never going to make whiny Bruce Arians better. Yes, I got you. All right, Dan, any thoughts? Um, I know. I mean, I, the awesome offensive philosophy is never mixed either. No. Bruce was always, hey, let's chuck it downfield and see what happens. And Brady's like, no, I'm going to throw five, six yards. Brady and does it's like to throw downfield if he can. He does. But, again, it wasn't the same thing. Like, there was, there was reports even that Bruce took away Brady's rights to call audibles or something at the line of scrimmage, or he was getting mad. At, he, no, he was getting mad at Brady because he kept changing the play at the line or something. Uh. And, and so there was a game where Brady just changed the play and would run the ball or something like that. Like it never really, to me, was never a mix of okay. Like you went from Belichick, the most like iron grip coach there is, to Bruce Arians, who's for all we know drinking while he's making offensive game plans. And the pro- but the thing the difference was is Belichick would be hands off on the offense whereas Bruce is not. And Belichick would listen to Brady. If Brady had an idea, he'd be like, "Oh, no, that's a great idea. We'll implement that." Yeah, I've seen that clip about Ed Reed. Ed Reed, and I, I think I think it's just Bruce Arians was like, "No, this is my offense. This is what works." And I'm this coaching genius, even though I hadn't won anything. And I think, uh, I think there was a power there was a power struggle for actual control of the offense whereas Brady's power struggle in New England was different it wasn't about as much game to game it was organizational yeah it was organizational because I mean there was that rumor that Bruce didn't want Antonio Brown yeah that was all Brady's idea yes yeah Bruce uh yeah Bruce wanted Brown gone from like the moment he got there yeah Bruce didn't want he wanted nothing to to do him in the first place I heard which which Bruce looks good in the end but do they win a Super Bowl without AB Mm, I don't know if they do I don't know I don't don't, don't think they do but it's just, you know, and then you see on the sidelines, like, they're sitting there, they're talking offense. How many times did you see Arians go over and talk to Brady and Leftwich when it came to the offense on the sideline? Never. Mm. I would see it. He'd walk over, and then they'd kind of just look up and go yeah, back Yeah, they'd to look up. Business. Yeah, they'd be like, you know what Bruce is, you know what Bruce reminding, you know what Bruce was starting to remind me of? Mike McCarthy a little bit. Just kind of only, loose. just loose. only C- loose, only CEO used to be the offensive mind, but now we think he might be a little outdated, and maybe he needs to just kind of hand things off to other people. Whereas at least McCarthy kind of did. Uh, it looked like Bruce maybe wanted some of that back from Leftwich and stuff. And I, I think he doesn't like Brady got so much credit. Yeah, I don't think I he did. liked that either. And it's just, and it's, you see, it, you saw it Matt, immediately. Brady and Leftwich had this ra- <clears throat> rapport with each other. Which that, that's true. Amazing. I'm sure he didn't like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh wait, I'm the 
quarterback whisperer. I coached Roethlisberger and Carson Palmer. Like, yes. Yeah. And I got Jameis you. Winston. And I, 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 <laughs> I do wonder with Arians announced he was, because there was been talks for a couple of years now he was going to retire. And he announced like two or three days after they lost the Rams, oh, I'm coming back. And I'm wondering if Brady goes, oh, really? Then I ain't. I, yeah. Okay. You just might have made my decision for me. I don't want to deal with mm-hmm. this again. All right. All right, so that has been it for the Tommy Report. We are getting ready to wrap things up. Darwin Award, let's go. Drum roll, please. As if it's shocking. This week's Darwin Award winner is Jawan Howard, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Let's give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. Good for you, Jawan Howard. One, uh, I don't think you know how to throw a punch, so we're going to start with that. Second... <laughs> I'll give him some benefit of the doubt. I'll let you go first, but I'm going to give him some so, benefit of the Secondly, doubt. though, you are the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, on live television, uh, punching some dumb assistant coach from Wisconsin. Well, didn't he push someone before? Like, he's, jo- been, oh, he's been suspended oh, oh, before. Oh, Jawan Howard also had another incident with an opposing coach as well before. So it's not even like this is the first time. He is going to get suspended for the rest of the regular season. I think he's lucky he didn't get fired. Because I think I would fire him, actually, for that. You can't be a coach and do that. So, and because you have a history of something else before. But, mm-hmm. Juwan, how wh- how do you thought that was going to go? <laughs> I just, it baffles me that you could make that decision in that moment. Just absolutely amazing. I could get maybe if there was already a brawl and things were going off the rails and stuff. Oh no, you can't though. You are the leader. You no, but I but yeah, that. but but like I get like if you're getting pushed into and and maybe it's defense. Swings yeah, like it's self defense and stuff like that. No, no, no. You one hundred percent were the starter of that. I won't even say instigator because clearly the assistant coach did and the coach actually touched him first. But still, you can't just do that. You are the head coach of this team. You are a you are. <laughs> very much an adult you need to have far better <laughs> self-control than that um yeah and how can you ever demand self-control from your players again you can't you're you, very much an adult <laughs> you're very like much that. an adult Juwan. uh no excuses for you that was stupid and I you know i'm just lucky you're lucky you're not fired i you're fired and I'm, i can't believe they didn't at least suspend him for the rest of the year like okay if we make the tournament you're still not going to coach either no i know right? i mean it's only five games because they want to win suspended. yeah it's only five games you got suspended. all right jesse thoughts okay listen i like fiery coaches i like intense coaches yes i like a coach that's not going to back down to another coach that doesn't mean you punch him in the <laughs> you, face you can't swing at him bro <laughs> sorry i understand you want to sometimes they even deserve it yeah, but you can't do it. You have to have much meet, much better emotional control than that. Meet in the parking lot after. Yeah, not on the court. Yes, because like and yeah, the benefit of the doubt I was going to give him was the fact that yeah he didn't he wasn't the quite instigator, <laughs> but he took it to another level. Um, but he also like he didn't quite go for a punch. He looked like he was going for the slap, and he realized halfway through that I have made a very big mistake, <laughs> and then he just gave him a little face rub. Um, <laughs> So, he tried to stop himself. Yes, that's a little benefit of the doubt I'll give him. But like, I can't believe you're not fired, bro. <laughs> like, count your lucky stars. Uh, uh, yeah. But hey, <laughs> uh, thanks you know, for the entertainment. I, listen, it's it's funny because I thought there have been a couple of weeks where it's been hard to come up with a Darwin, but in general, it's been amazing how easy it's been. I yeah. feel. 
Especially in the beginning, well, we had a couple of weeks where like, wow, is this really going to get hard? Well, I nothing, feel like for a solid month and a half now, it has just been yeah. absolute home runs every time. Yeah. I mean, it was like, this came out, when did this happen? Saturday? Yes. I, like, I saw the news. I was like, there it is. Yeah, because before that, I was like, I don't really know who we can give no, the award. No, ha- nothing really happened this week really Darwin-worthy. So you know what, Jawan, we are making fun of you, but you know what? Thank you. Thank you for making it. You, you made that this segment a lot easier also, for I us. Got a, I got a good laugh. In the last, oh, oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> All right, so congratulations to Juwan Howard for this week's Darwin Award. Congratulations. That has been it for Slow Your Roll this week. Dominic Lorenzano with writer for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield signing off. Thanks again to Dan Lorenzano for coming in. Always appreciate it. Uh, and guys, uh, at Instagram, you know, at Slow Your Roll. Twitter page as well, at Slow Your Roll, I believe, on there as well. I believe. <laughs> I believe on there as well. So, and you know, just if you're following the show, keep following for now. And we might have uh, some, some announcements coming in the next couple of weeks, just so you know. So thank you very much, everybody. SlowYourRoll.com as well for Jesse's articles and other sports news. Have a great rest of your week.